It's not all the way back yet. And um, the problem is I get closer, right, to feeling okay. And then I do a show for two hours. And then I knock it back out again. And I strain my voice. And Like, I should really just take a day off. But then I'd have to admit to people that I was taking a day off because I went to a concert. Not because I actually got sick or had something bad happen to me. Because I went to a concert and acted like a buffoon. So instead, I try to push and say, well, I'm going to be a hero. And it just never gets any better. And at some point in the day, my voice sounds like this. I'm doing either my uh, Alex Jones yeah, or we'll Scotty Farrell. Be back on back the bench. On the bench. What's going on, Munchbox? I end up sounding like that. I think you sound a lot better than yesterday. Um, I wouldn't say a lot. I also feel like I'm all I need to do is clear my throat, and that's not what I need to do. And so it ends up being gross because I go to clear my throat, and there's nothing to clear out. And it just sort of sounds like I'm dying, you know? Like, like you, you, you're trying to clear your throat, but it, that ain't the problem. The problem ain't clear. I uh, I had a kidney stone. This is gross. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Carson Weekly's here today. Hi, Good Carson. Good morning. Um, One time I had a kidney stone, but I didn't know I had a kidney stone because I was... I'd never had a kidney stone before, so how would you know what that felt like? I just knew that I was there was something wrong. I was sick. I was in the middle of calling a baseball game, and uh, it was painful, like to the point where I wasn't. I was at most calling the pitches. At most, I was strike one, ball two. Like it was that bad. At the end of every inning, I was racing to a bathroom, thinking maybe I just need to puke. Right? Like, that's... There was nothing. Nothing was coming out. I couldn't puke. It was all gone. I'd gotten it all out. I didn't know I had a kidney stone. That was the problem. This is what I feel like today. I know what the problem is. The problem is I threw out my voice, belting along every lyric of semi-charmed life as third eye blind, very old man white music. That was what I did. I hurt myself. I... I screwed with the instrument. And as everybody knows, if I, if I don't have my voice, I literally have nothing. I offer nothing <laughs> to society in any way. I know what I did. I can't fix it. I even drank some hot tea last night. I even went that route. The only thing that you can really do is rest, and I don't have the ability to do that because I work every day because, again, I have no other appreciable skills I can't say, hey, instead of doing that today, I'll go out and dig a ditch or I'll go out and do somebody's taxes or something along those lines. I have no actual skills that help society. All I can do is come here and bitch about sports on the Internet. That's what I've got to offer. And you know what? We're going to do that today. We're going to bitch about some sports. I got to bitch about the baseball game last night. It's quite pleasant. Lovely little baseball game last night. Um, Coming up on the program today. By the way, today's show... Tuesday edition of the program. We are bringing back today Simply the Bets. We will get to that at 11.40 this morning. Simply the Bets is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. We do it every Tuesday, again, starting today. We had a little bit of a break there, but we're back. Simply the Bets today and every Tuesday moving forward. And then uh, we'll bring back Weekend at Bookies this Thursday. Although we might have, um, we might be moving some timing around on uh, Thursday because I am going down to the ballpark for Mogaba Day. On Thursday, and that the game starts at twelve thirty. I was, I have been asked to come to some. What the hell is the idea of a twelve? I know it. 
It's about getting teams out of town and getting them on their way. But 12.30, really? 12.30? It's very early. Very, very early. So I was asked by um, some Moe's friends and family to uh, come join them before the game. I said, I don't know that that's going to be possible. I mean, I just, I, I would love to. I would love to. But my God. We, we do a show from 10 noon. Typically on Thursdays, we'd be doing the show till uh, 12.20. This week, I believe we might start at 9 a.m. And we might do the show from 9 to 10.40 and then weekend at bookies from 10.40 to 11.20 so I can try to get out of here and get down to uh, the ballpark for Mo Gabaday. Speaking of Mo Gabaday, Damon Amendolara from uh, CBS Sports Radio, he hosts their morning show. He is a uh, longtime friend of Mo's as well, for those that don't know the story. You know that Mo would call in to Scott and Jeremy's show. Mo would also call in when Damon was doing nights on CBS Sports Radio. Mo would also call into that show regularly. And uh, Mo and Damon developed uh, quite the friendship. And um, Damon's going to be here on Thursday to celebrate Mo Gabba Day. And he's partnered with our friends at Thread Level Midnight. And they've got a Be Momentous shirt that's uh, raising money for the Johns Hopkins Children's Center. I would encourage you to pick it up. I just got mine last night, so hopefully I'll be able to wear it at the game on Thursday. If not, I've got some other Mo shirts from over the years that I will choose to wear. But Damon Amendolara from CBS Sports Radio will join us this morning. We'll also talk with our buddy Dan Wilcox, get his thoughts as the Ravens get training camp underway. What's on his mind? What does he want to see in the coming weeks? Uh, does he think that uh, Lamar Jackson could win 12 MVPs but not be a good quarterback? We'll get all the important questions uh, answered by Dan Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. And uh, Drew Forrester will join us this morning. For some reason, he's not available tomorrow, which I realize uh, does not <clears throat> really work because we don't actually have anything to discuss with Drew. The reason why Wednesdays work is we can at least play Would You Rather Wednesday. I, I don't care. Oh, man, you know what? I was going to try to get Springsteen tickets this morning. To he that's 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 he was gonna come in. Oh uh, right. But he decided he couldn't do that because he was trying to get tickets? Yeah. Wow. That's that's a straight shoot. <laughs> he was gonna come in this morning and sit in on the show, and then he said, No, I can't do that. I need to get my Springsteen tickets. And I was like, uh, oh, you know, I thought about buying some of those. And the reason I thought about buying some of those was just because even if I don't go, somebody will want them. Like, I can do something. This is a, it's, I would call it an asset, much like we would describe, say, a Jorge Lopez or a whatever it is that we have at the trade deadline. I thought of this as an asset. So I was like, I'll go ahead and buy it. And then I utterly and completely forgot as the show got underway. So um, I don't think I'm going to get them. And the real question is, Drew, because Drew actually cares. Drew wants to, the, like, badly wants to go to the Springsteen show. So the question becomes, does he get, the boot like does he get the shaft and get left out on the springsteen tickets because if he does he will lose his mind when we talk to him later on in the program he will be out of control i'm in uh, carson this is gonna be one of your jobs today i just put myself <laughs> in the queue okay there's two thousand people ahead of me in the queue wow to try to get springsteen tickets there's no chance that i'm going to get them the crazier things have happened. but i want you to watch and see if it okay. pops up All right. here's what i know is going to happen What's going to happen is they're going to say at one point, oh, we got some tickets for you, and they're going to be like $1,000 tickets. That's what's going to be a bit. They're going to say, hey, and they're, they're not even going to be like for, you're going to grab row. those. You're no, gonna gra no, that will yes. not be occurring. <laughs> Your boy is not doing that well. <laughs> Believe it or not, I know we have a very highly rated program here. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but not doing that well. So just see, just you know, monitor it. See okay. if at some point it takes me out of uh, the the waiting room, like Fagazi would say. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, you can go ahead and buy you some tickets if you'd like. The problem is, I'm gonna guess that even I don't know what the new arena is gonna look like. I guess it's still gonna be a rectangle, which is so stupid. God, what what are we doing? We're redoing an arena just to have it be the wrong shape. Still, still have terrible sight lines. Still be antiquated. Antiquated? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for there, right? I suddenly suddenly struggled whether or not antiquated was a word. Sounds sounds like a word to me. It it is, but I I I was like, is it anic anic anic? No, anecdotal is another thing. Antiquated. I was right. Oh, Glenn, you moved up a, oh. little, a little bit. Oh. The bar moved like that much. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well on <laughs> Already my, making progress. Well on my way to not getting tickets. Also, it's going to be hilarious when I put my credit card in. They're like, yeah, you don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't do this. This is for people that have accomplished things in their life, not for people like you. <sighs> All right, that's what's coming up on the show today. I think I handled it. Yeah, Drew, Dan, and um, and Damon. It's oh, it's it's the triple D's. It's diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's right, uh, right here, right now on diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's a stupid song in his car and the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> oh boy. Ah, oh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be delightful. So the Orioles win last night. Trey Mancini's not in the lineup before the game. Trey Mancini tells Mark Viviano from uh, WJZ, our buddy. He tells Mark, look, I am treating this like it's the final four days that I will be in an Orioles uniform. And this goes back to some of the conversation that we've had in recent weeks, that it's felt like it's sort of a fait accompli. The way that it has been discussed by those around the Orioles has made it seem like, hey, everybody knows the Orioles are just going to deal Trey Mancini for whatever they can get for him. And my point all along, and I'm not wavered on this, is that doesn't make sense. I know Trey Mancini's struggling right now, which, by the way, would seem to point out you're probably not going to get all that much for Trey Mancini at the deadline. I've never thought it made sense to just deal him for the sake of dealing him. I'm not going to feel that way later today if they announce a trade. I'm not going to feel that way tomorrow. I'm not going to feel that way next week. I'm not going to feel at any point as though it's justifiable to just trade Trey Mancini for the sake of trading him to add something of complete insignificance into your system. I understand the argument. I've done the math on it before. If Trey Mancini has a 0.8% chance of winning a World Series with the Orioles this year, and whatever it is that you acquire has a 1.2% chance of being part of a World Series team in the future, that 1.2% chance is better than your 0.8% chance. And in trading Trey Mancini, there are lots of options. And I would be inclined to get creative in terms of those options. I've said before, if you're looking to move both Trey Mancini and Jorge Lopez, and you can't get a lot for Trey Mancini, but you could get an intriguing bullpen arm for next year. Meanwhile, Jorge Lopez could really deliver you some legitimate prospects, and and we're gonna we're doing it. That's the way that I would go about doing it. But I wouldn't do it for the sake of doing it, and I keep saying that. Just saying, well, we got to do it. He's not going to be here next year. Well, one, you're deciding he's not going to be here next year. I'm not. I don't think Trey Mancini's decided that. You've decided that. Well, you got to make sure you've got at bats for Kyle Stowers. You got to make sure you have at bats for. 
you're solving problems that don't exist. I can only say this so many times. I hope Kyle Stowers is a quality Major League Baseball player, but we have no reason to believe that's true as of today. We got to have a bad for, for who? The, the biggest point is that when Adley Rutschman isn't behind the plate, you want him to be in the lineup. And so it takes away DH at bats because Adley Rutschman's not going to catch every day. We know that. That doesn't mean it's the only place that someone can play. I get it. Ryan Mountcastle is pretty entrenched at first base because he can't play anywhere else. If he could, they would have liked for that to have happened. They tried a bunch of different spots with Ryan Mountcastle. It didn't work. He kind of has to play first base. And to his credit, he's played fairly well at first base. He hasn't been a butcher. He's played reasonably well. That's hard to be a butcher. My God, if you're a butcher at first base. <laughs> whole, may, maybe maybe this ain't for you, dog. <laughs> maybe. Um, and then you look around. And if Anthony Santander is going to be here, and as I've said all along, if I felt like I had to move someone, that's who I'd be looking to move. If... If Austin Hayes and Cedric, then you're just saying to yourself, hey, where are the at-bats coming from? And I get it. I understand. I don't know what the market is for Trey Mancini, and this is the side of it that I've never understood as far as his long-term future. I don't know why we think Trey Mancini's pricing himself out of Baltimore. I don't know who's looking at Trey Mancini and saying, this is a guy we've got to have in the lineup every day for eight figures a year. Again, all it takes is one team. I understand that. All it takes is one connection. And and maybe it's the Mets. Maybe Buck has so much sway and power now in New York that he can convince them to give Trey Mancini four years and $50 million or something like that to be their DH. I don't know. But I have never sensed that there was a robust market for Trey Mancini. And it's not because I don't love Trey Mancini. So none of this works for me. Am I accepting that it's likely to happen? Yes. We just did a bit the other day, and I said, I think the Trey Mancini is going to get dealt. I am accepting of the fact that I don't think people, I don't think Trey Mancini says this to Mark Viviano yesterday if, if he doesn't have reason to say it. My gut is that means the Orioles have made it very clear to Trey, look, dude, we're looking to move you. We get the opportunity to, we're going to move you. They've tried to be fair with him. They've tried to be straight up with him, be respectable. He's a beloved figure in this organization. He's a beloved figure in this city. That That's the reason why they say these things to Trey Mancini, and that's the reason why he can say it to Mark Viviano. That's my guess. I don't, again, I don't know that, but it's my guess. And that sucks. Might be a good reason to get to the ballpark this week. It really might be your final chance to see Trey Mancini play for the Baltimore Orioles, which I I hate that, but that just might be the reality of it. As I said, I'm going to go on Thursday, which might be Trey Mancini's final game in Baltimore. Really encourage you. Section 96, we're sitting out there for um, Mo Gabaday. Get your tickets. Come out. We'll celebrate Trey, too, one of Mo's best friends. God, it's going to be an emotional day. Jesus. I'm going to wear sunglasses just in case. I'm going to wear... Might wear two pairs of sunglasses just in case. Hey, Glenn, you all right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm totally, totally fine. Totally okay. Not not caught up in my feelings. Not at all. Um, 
I hate Oat. I hate it. I hate it, and I hate it not because I would have hated to see Trey Mancini go even if the Orioles weren't competitive this year. I was always going to be opposed, you know, just because of who Trey Mancini is. I hate it more because it doesn't make sense. Again, short of there being a far better return for Trey Mancini than I could ever possibly fathom. But I have no reason. I, I talked to John Heyman about it the other day, too. I have no reason to believe that return is coming. I believe that if the Mets are the team that trades for Trey Mancini, it's because they weren't willing to pay the real prices to get the other bats that are out there. That's what everybody's saying. Josh Bell's the guy they want. But Josh Bell costs you something. So if you can't get him, well, then you go the cheap route and you just give up a little bit to get, to get Trey Mancini. Isn't that a problem? Why aren't we more bothered by that? We discussed it with Rob Long yesterday. He's like, look, man, you're still in a rebuild. I Are you? Should you be? And again, I get it. A rebuild can still be looking ahead to next year. And I have said all along this season, the priority for me would be 2023 because 2023 is the chance you have to really win something. But are you changing? Is trading Trey Mancini changing your chances for 2023? And the sense that I get is probably not. And going the route of, well, just take somebody else's 19-year-old international signing that, you know, it's like a lottery ticket. Why? Why? Three years ago, take as many of those guys as you could. Why now? Why is that the priority? Why is that what you're looking to do? Why are you not trying to build? This is the team. These are the guys. This is when we're going to go get them. I'm, I'm being, look, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe Trey Mancini is prepared for it to be his last week in Baltimore and we get the next week and teams just aren't as interested in Trey as the Orioles wanted them to be. Or maybe at some point somebody within the Orioles organization says, really, are we doing this? Is this what's been? I don't know. But I don't think Trey Mancini says that yesterday if it's not basically fact to him. And I hate the fact that it also overshadowed the fact that the Orioles won a nice game last night and back to 500 and what I think is an important series this week for them as they try to establish they really are a threat or not. I think it would be very tough if the Orioles went through, and we talked about doing the math, losing two out of three to the Rays, losing two out of three to the Yankees, and losing three out of four to the Rays again, to make a statement, even as though they wouldn't be that far below 500, to make a statement that they really are in the thing. Because when they played, the, you know, and they won 10, 10 games straight against bad teams. Then they started playing good teams again, and they, they overwhelmingly lost them. I think that in order to feel like they have a chance to be in this at all, they need to do something. At worst, a split. To feel like they can be competitive. Not that they can be competitive within games. They've been competitive in games all year. To feel like they can win enough games to be competitive. At worst, a split. Last night, the bullpen once again. Brian Baker is 
a rock star who knew Nick Vespi. Nick Vespi looked four like straight it. strikeouts there. Look, yeah, Nick Vespi looked like a face five batters. And I, then four of them. I like out. I like Nick Vespi a lot. I mean, he's a really likable guy. I he looked he looked unbelievable. I mean, he looked unhittable last night. There was also talk of Dylan Tate possibly being involved in a deal, and then he got put in the game. So that was like, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you you can you st- you only have so many guys, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the word was they didn't the, the, Trey Mancini didn't sit last night because of a deal. Trey Mancini sat last night because he's been struggling recently and got a clear set. Brandon Hyde just wanted to give him a night off. <sighs> but also, there's no way they trade him before Thursday either. I feel like why? Because of Mo Gabadin. I, I know Trey it's a nice. To be I know it's. I know it's a nice thought, but if team's ready to do a deal tomorrow and you're looking to do a deal, I mean, you you run the risk. If you don't do it, you run the risk of him getting hurt on Thursday, and then you can't do a deal. Well, we already decided. No, there's no way anyone's giving you anything that's blowing you away. I understand that, Mancini but if they've well, decided so. to trading Trey Man, they're trading Trey Mancini. Then they're going to trade him when the, once the deal's on the table. If that that's the way it works. If you've decided right. this is what we're doing. And the deal's on the table, and you're good with it. You're just going to trade him. You're not going to say, hey, wait three days, and then we'll do it, because then you run the risk of that trade mm-hmm. getting blown up in three days and it not working out. You can't do it. I don't, I don't want them to do it, but that's the way that the business works. Um, Trey Mancini sat out last night because he's been struggling late, and that's fine. Everybody gets a day off here and there. That's the way it goes. I think we're all in agreement that... <laughs> poor, poor Jonathan Arose, who oh we're, all, we're, all, oh, yeah. we're all very hard on, and then... I, I couldn't see on they didn't really show a replay if he was like busting it out of the box and it felt like he was trying to make up for the fact that he wasn't busting it out of the box that like maybe he thought he had hit a home run and so all of a sudden he realized he hadn't he was like well, I better get the second base and you could tell very quickly he had yeah. very little chance of getting to second base I get it it didn't look like Cedric Mullins was going to get home on um, <laughs> yeah it really on didn't it, boy it looked I'm like and, yeah. then, and then holy crap he, he's Superman he was doing his best soldier boy Superman like he was doing the whole thing um, but yeah it did not look good for Jonathan Rosen he gets hurt on top of it and and I hate because you feel bad for the guy but there's also part of you that's like All right. I don't need to see yeah, anymore don't see I don't need again. to see any more of this guy I just don't need I don't know why I need to see any of him at all but <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't need to see any more of him. I don't think it speeds up. I'll continue to say, I don't think Jonathan Rose getting hurt will be what forces Gunnar Henderson to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. I have maintained the Orioles, when it comes to guys like that, have not made their decisions based on, you know, hey, do we ha- do we need a guy that can play a certain position? Well, let's go with this guy. They have continued whatever their plan was for those types of prospects and have not been altered we were talking about, remember, the starting pitching was an abomination beginning of the season. Everybody's like, well, it's got to be Grayson Rodriguez. It's got to be Grayson Rodriguez. It's got to be. They were never going to change their internal plan for a specific, legitimate prospect, someone they think is a, a big part of the future based on what's happening at the major league level. And I don't think that's going to change now with Gunnar Henderson if um, a Rose, a Rose, what I, I'm sorry. I think it's Arauz. Arauz, yes. If he's going to, sure, I will go with that. I'm with it. <laughs> The public address announcer I've, I've says heard a it, ruse. I've heard it a bunch of different ways. I've heard it so many different ways that I just kind of gave up. A ruse? That's how Adrian says it? That, yep, that's how they A say ruse? It. I thought it was odd. I did think at one point it was odd a ruse. But then I heard somebody say a rose. I, I give. I'm not sure. A ruse. A ruse. I'm so, I do like to get these things right, and I feel bad about that. I'm not trying to purposely butcher somebody's name. It is it's like the name. Mets left fielder. He's had Mark. 
Kana. Oh my Con- god! Or Con- it was Kanye. Kana. Yeah, that, now it's Kanye. Kanye. Did you see? So so during the game, he was mic'd up on Sunday night, and they asked him, and he said, technically, it's Kanye because it's Portuguese. So he oh. said that. Yeah, he's from Portugal. He said huh. that, and then his wife went on Twitter and said, "It's Kana." <laughs> After he, so no one knows, had said himself, it's not not somebody else saying I heard it from him. He himself said it's Kanye. But I've said this before. This is the frustrating part. This goes back to um, we all made fun of Jim Nance because he pronounced uh, Haloti Nata's name Nata. He was like, "There's a nice play by Nata." We're like, "What the hell is that guy?" And then Jim Nance is like, "No, we talked to him the night before. He said that's actually how my name is pronounced." And Haloti was like, "Yeah, it's." actually how my name is pronounced like why wouldn't you mention that to somebody <laughs> why did it take this long as a broadcaster it's infuriating i want to get your name correct please don't just put up with it ah, i don't care all that much no tell me it's infuriating you know there's the other one right now it's um everybody calls pat mccary pat mccary pat mccary is how everybody says it right and then one time he was on with us. I was like, hey, dude, you know, it's Macari, right? And he was like, no, actually, it's McCary. And I was like, okay, well, I'll make sure I get it right. But now I sound like the buffoon because I'm the only person in town that says McCary. Everybody else says Macari. And I'm like, well, I know. The guy told me. Oh, man, I had an incident at the uh, lacrosse championships. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I had. More than one of them. I had. I, I think it was Spain. All of their players recorded themselves saying their names. Mm. But because it's a Spanish accent, sometimes the G's sound like H. You know, like it, sometimes it just sort of all rolls together. So I'm doing the game, and some girl comes running up to the booth and is standing behind me. And I go to commercial break, and she's like, "That's not how you pronounce number 14's name." I'm like, uh, and I pull out my phone and I go to the recording. I'm like, I hit play. I say, "Listen, she said this." Yeah, but I'm hearing from people on the broadcast and in our chat, and they're saying this. I'm like, the girl said it! <laughs> Her! So infuriating, man. Her. So infuriating. Somebody running up to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I just do this game? That's all I want to know. All right. Um, the Orioles continue their series of the Rays tonight. Uh, game two. Spencer Watkins is on the mound against uh, Shane McClanahan, the Ales all-star starter who technically is a Baltimore native as well. That's uh, game two tonight between the Orioles and the Rays. We just had a big jump, by the oh, way. Yeah? Oh, we, went from, we went from 1,500 you, you, to uh, You know what that probably means? People, are. People dropped out because they realized they couldn't get tickets any longer. Yeah, we went. We went from what that means. whoa, Glenn. Th- I'm just saying things are really moving <laughs> yeah. forward. We went. We've dropped over. A th- we've dropped like 1,300 spots I, in about 10 seconds. certainly might have a shot at the 800 dollars. One. Oh yeah, it certainly means there are no harsh. tickets available. That's normally the reason why that happens. All right, when we come back in uh, Thursday. Ismo Gabaday, Damon Amendolara from CBS Sports Radio is going to be here and be a part of it. We're going to chat with him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey Birdland, join in on the fun and celebrate the 30th anniversary of Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, August 6th, as the O's take on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 5.05. The first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive a 30th anniversary Oriole Park t-shirt. Then stay post-game for the Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite, I Love the 90s Concert, featuring Drew Hill with a special performance by Cisco and Smash Mouth. Tickets start as low as $15 at orioles.com slash tickets. 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year the 17th annual all-america lacrosse boys and girls senior all-star games will be on saturday july 30th at johns hopkins historic homewood field this is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now that first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley and I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Womp womp. There were tickets. When I got there, Carson, mm-hmm. there were tickets available. Every time I clicked on them and said, maybe I'll buy these. Yeah. Nope, they weren't actually. Uh, yeah. no, they weren't actually available. So I will not be. Uh, That's a shame. Not be uh, obtaining. Do you groups. know what time they went on sale this morning? 10. I mean, that was. Oh, that yeah. Was, so that was. No, yeah. so you weren't late at all. Well, no, I was seven minutes late. And that's. Well, yeah. I mean, that's going to that's going to doom you in a situation like this. All right, uh, Ravens report the training camp today. Anybody who hasn't reported already, anyway, is reporting the training camp today. First practice is tomorrow out in Owings Mills, and we'll get some more clarity about you know where certain guys are. I think we're we're expecting no matter what, it's at least going to be a little bit of time before we see 
you know, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. I think maybe Ronnie Stanley is a more interesting question that we're not talking about because he didn't fly off the handle on Twitter last week um, when Ian Rappaport reported something about him. We haven't gotten anything kind of definitive about Ronnie Stanley in some time. There has been very little reporting about, I guess because he's not a fantasy football player, so there isn't the same broad um, kind of national interest in Ronnie Stanley. And, and I mean that, like somebody might think that's flip, but I, I genuinely mean that. There's more interest in the rest of the country about whether or not J.K. Dobbins is going to play in week one because... They might draft this guy. Exactly right. Ronnie Stanley, who might be more important than J.K. Dobbins, the Baltimore Ravens, there's not as much interest in the rest of the country because he's not a fantasy football player. You're not going to be drafting him. So I don't know. There, I haven't seen any recent reporting in relation to Ronnie Stanley. You hope that he's going to be good to go. That'll be something to watch this week as well. But the first practice tomorrow, Ravens players reporting today to Owings Mills. On Thursday, I am going to uh, head to the ballpark, and my, uh, my Sunday radio partner, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, is going to join me. And we're going to hang out with the fam Mo Lee as uh, it is Mo Gabba Day at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. They're raising money for the Johns Hopkins Children's Center. Encourage you to get uh, the Be Momentous shirt from our friends at Thread Level Midnight, Dean Tejada and his team, uh, also raising money for the Johns Hopkins Children's Center. And um, the man behind that is a host every morning on CBS Sports Radio from 6 to 10. He is Damon Amendolara, and he's with us now here on GCR. DA, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to finally chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, my pleasure, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited about Thursday. This should be awesome. Damon, just for those that don't know the story, I know you have talked about it ad nauseum, but for those in our audience that don't know, can you take me back, your relationship with Mo, your memories of the first time he called you, and, and how special you realized this young man was? Yeah, for sure. We began on CBS Sports Radio, my show, doing overnight, and then two years in, doing evenings. So those were hours that we were on in Baltimore, on your station, carried at nights and overnights. And what we found out was Mo in Baltimore was a young man who loved his Ravens and Orioles and would call us regularly and would be listening to CBS Sports Radio and wanting to talk about his Ravens and Orioles night. So he would call in and we would joke around. He always had that infectious laugh, he knew his stuff. So we loved taking his phone calls. And he loved to be in on the joke, needling my producer, Mraz, or needling me or being in on whatever the riff of the day was, the riff of the night was. But I had no idea who Mo really was until a little bit later on, we saw there was a Mo in Baltimore yeah. who calls 105.7 yeah. and he was at Orioles Fan Fest. We said, wait a second, could that be our little Mo in Baltimore? <laughs> and then I saw him gain more traction at, at Ravens training camp and then become kind of a, a civic icon, call out the draft pick of the Ravens, and I just couldn't believe it. And that's where his story was that he had obviously been battling cancer his entire life, that he had been blind for the age of six months old, and that he had just become kind of a civic hero in Baltimore. And my my heart rose that this was our little Mo that called all the time and talked to us. And sometimes I would just talk to him off the air, you know, as he was on hold. Hey, Mo, how you doing? It's the middle of the night. Are you okay? Are your parents mm. around? You know, mm. do you have to go to school? And then I started piecing all of those little puzzle pieces together and i just 
felt so honored that he would listen to our show as well and be, be in on it. And what I learned was that because he was blind, his sleep hours were very irregular, so he was up at night late a lot. And that sports radio was his, his theater of the mind. And so he was attracted to it. And so I just was kind of caught as, my goodness, how fortunate are we. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of years ago when his health was failing and he had a couple of parades that your community threw him for his graduation from middle school, I said, I have to, I have to meet Mo. I have to, I have to get down to Baltimore. And so I, I made the trip and set things up with Jeremy Kahn, who had been such a close friend of the family, and got to go to Mo's bedside in his final months. And, uh, boy, talk about meeting an angel on earth. I just was taken aback by the type of young man he was and his spirit and his laughter. And I brought a couple of toys down. I went to go get a, a whistling Nerf football so he could hear it as we threw it <laughs> in the backyard. And a uh, water gun. I got him a big super soaker water gun that he could spray me with. And uh, it made him laugh all day. And I brought some food over for him. And we ate and we talked and we played little video games. And, uh I felt like, you know, I was the most fortunate guy on earth. So when he passed, I just made a promise that Mo, what he meant to me, was always going to live through our show. And my show does a momentous Monday, Inspiration in Sports, every Monday. We play his laugh regularly so that we could laugh alongside him. And said any time that he's going to be honored in Baltimore, I'm there. Whether it was a street naming, yep. which happened a couple of yep. years ago, whether it was Mo Gabba Day last year at Camp of the Arts or this year, I'm going to and he taught me life lessons that nobody could have ever taught me about being encouraging and being optimistic and being grateful and taking life and, and making it what you want instead of thinking that it happens to you. You get to turn it on its ear if it's, it's not good. And, um, you know, I love him. So I can't wait to come down there and celebrate Mo Gavin. Man, I, I love hearing you say these things, Dia, but I gotta be honest, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a softy now. And, uh, it's tough because I, I I start thinking about holding Mo's hand and the power that you feel from that, and I, it's hard to not get emotional. Man. It's really hard to not get emotional talking about this young man, Damon. Um, you know what you just alluded to is so important to me, and and we, um, we we put Mo on the cover of uh, Press Box, the magazine we do in town, a couple years ago as our um, Sports Person of the Year, um, the year before he had passed away, and just said, look, I don't know that there's anybody in this town that has put more smiles on faces than Mo Gabba has. And we decided to rename that award for Mo moving forward after he passed away. It's, it's the Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year that we do when we put that person on the cover every year. And, and what we said then was it, it's critical. And, and in Baltimore, everybody seems to know Mo. And, and your audience, probably not everybody um, in Nebraska that tunes in on a, on a Monday morning is aware of Mo's story. But it's so important to me because this human was so significant that we have an obligation to continue to tell his story and to try to make sure that as many people as possible know how much this person loved life and despite everything he went through, he loved everyone he came in contact with. He had this infectious spirit. It's a story that's so critically important for us to tell and I'm sure that's what you feel as you do these things with your show. Totally. All of that is 100% right. I think that we all go through bad days. We all have tough circumstances. That's what kind of life is about. But you probably will never have it as bad as Mo. And if you do, it's going to be a really, really, 
really, really, really, really rough, difficult number of years. And Mo taught me that whatever happens to you doesn't define your attitude. You get to choose whether every day you look at it as a positive or negative. That's a really powerful lesson. I, I'm not sure I still have completely comprehended that. But you think about all that life gave Mo, which he had no control over, obviously losing his sight at a very early age, ravaged by cancer, cancer continually coming back. No matter what, he could be put in what everybody would define as a terrible situation from life. Life just happened. And he refused to be a victim. He just refused to look at anything besides, I'm lucky. I'm here, I'm laughing, and I'm living life to its fullest. I get to choose happy. And this is a really difficult concept for mere human beings who are, you know, consistently beaten down by X, Y, and Z. But if you think about it and you go, no matter what happens, to me, I get to choose whether this is a positive or whether today is a good day. Man, life changes. It's 180 degrees when you start realizing you get to choose that stuff. So again, Mo was superhuman in a million ways, and I'm sitting in my office right now in New York City, and I have a cutout of Mo on my desk, and I have the big congrats Mo from the Hall of Fame last year at Camden Yards uh, on my wall, and he is my reminder at my home office where I have his, his bobblehead and painting on my wall that choose every day, DA, you choose what today is. And when you think about it that way, you know, you get chills, and I am incredibly thankful that you yourself, all the people at 5-7, everybody in Baltimore, the Orioles and the Ravens recognize, and Johns Hopkins recognize the value of Mo and his lessons because it's so important to keep talking about them. It's so important to keep reminding us of them. And it's so important to keep him in our spirits and our minds and that you guys have completely embraced that. It made him so memorable and put him all over the place it just means the world that, that so many people feel the same way I do uh, because then it gives me a place to go to talk about him, to interviews like this and to meet you coming up this week and to meet other people at Camden Yards. Like, that's, it's so, so heartwarming that I get to go to a place and everybody feels the same way. There's no doubt. There is no doubt about it. Damon Amendolara, CBS Sports Radio, with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Damn, if I could too, I, I I think it gave me new perspective. I I don't, you know, I'll tell you, I had gotten entirely out of radio at one point. Um, you know, the the way that so many people get jaded. Hey, it's a, it's a dying business. It's all those things. And Jeremy and I talk about this a lot. Um, without radio, we don't know Mo. Um, we we don't the the public at large doesn't know him. We don't meet him. We don't know his story. We don't understand it. And it gave me new perspective on our business. It gave me new perspective on what it is that we do and why whenever you know a program director tells me, stop taking calls, stop doing that, nah, I'm not going to do that um, because I don't know what someone's story is and that's the magic of the medium that we do. Has, has, has your relationship with Mo changed the way you approach what it is that you do for a living? It's a fascinating way to, to frame that. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but... Certainly, perhaps, I mean, from a personal standpoint, again, I didn't know Mo's physical ailments. I didn't know his his family. I didn't know his background when he would call. I was just so thrilled that somebody who was young and bright and funny would call in the show and like the show. He was, he was a great character. And of course, my, you know, it's easy to, to fall in love with that laugh and that, 
you know, that childlike enthusiasm yep. for everything. And so when I found out about that later, I said, my goodness, Mo is amazing because he doesn't lead with that. He doesn't even bother telling you that as though it's not even that important that he's sick or that he's blind or that he's going through this stuff for 75% of his life is in a hospital or whatever. He, that's not even part of the story for him, even though it is, of course, a huge part of the story. So I think what I've always tried to do is radio is so intimate with your list, with your callers and with your emailers and followers, et cetera, that I've really tried to respect that. And Mo's a really good example of that in that when people listen and reach out, whether they tweet or whether they email or call or what have you, they do have an entire set of circumstances in their life that they're dealing with. And they oftentimes turn to you for an escape or they turn to you for entertainment or they turn to you for companionship and to really respect that. And I've always tried to do that because it still means a great deal to me that people listen to me and it's somehow important in their lives. Mm -hmm. And wow, that's a, that's quite an honor. But Mo really highlights that of look at how important it is to just be able to connect with people. And that's why I do television and I do digital and I do a lot of things and I write, but nothing is as powerful to me as speaking into a microphone on the radio because there's an intimate connect that you just never have if you're working in television, that you just never have if you're working in digital. If you're just a, a tweeter or an influencer, it's not the same because you're not talking directly to somebody over the phone or through a speaker so they can hear your voice, hear your thoughts, long form. It's a powerful medium. And man, you're right. Mo highlighted that more than anybody. Boy, did he. I was actually, I was thinking about, you know, because I, I saw, and of course everybody in the country is talking about this nonsense from the story in The Athletic about Lamar Jackson yesterday. And I'm just wondering, like, I'm imagining you talking about that and Mo calling in and saying something about it, right? Like, I'm imagining <laughs> what that would have been like um, had, he, had he heard you reading this absurd statement from a defense, an anonymous defensive coordinator about Lamar. Oh, he can win 12 MVPs. He's not going to be a tier one guy. What, I mean, it's just so insane. I'm trying to imagine how Mo would have responded to it, which, in, like, of course, he would never criticize someone else, right? Like, nope. he would just want you to know how much he likes Lamar Jackson. He would say something along the lines of, well, what's that coach going to say when Lamar Jackson runs for four touchdowns on him in October, D.A.? We would start laughing. What's he going to say when Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl in February, D.A.? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how he start cracking up. That's how he was. It would be amazing. That's, I know. It would be absolutely was. amazing. I can hear him in my mind's eye. Thursday afternoon, uh, Camden Yards, 12.30 game time. We want you to be there. Uh, section 96. There's still, I think, a couple tickets left in that section or, you know, in the, the surrounding sections to be there to celebrate Mo. And we also want you to go to threadlevelmidnight.com. DA has partnered with our buddy Dean Tejada uh, for these Be Momentous shirts, which are awesome. I just got mine last night. Um, Damon, I, it's, I, I'm sorry that I, I haven't done this with you before. Um, I, I, I truly love how you have honored and, and shown a national audience what Mo is all about. I know, of course, it's at DA on CBS where people can find you and CBS Sports Radio every morning, of course, 1300 here locally. Um, really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you on Thursday, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. My pleasure, man. This is awesome. I can't wait to be down there coming up in a few days. And uh, if your listeners haven't seen the video that I did about the Mo Gab Away um, – 
street naming from a couple of years ago on YouTube. I'll retweet that. Please. Just because I think it's such a wonderful reflection of Baltimore as a city. It's such a wonderful reflection of your listeners, the people of the city, how everybody's embraced Mo and what he meant to me on a very intimate, personal level. So uh, I think it's it's a cool way to capture his spirit. And uh, I'm so glad the Orioles are doing this uh, coming up on Thursday. I needed somebody to be with on this anniversary, so I get to be with a whole bunch of Orioles fans and uh, and you guys at 105.7, so I'm fired up about that. Damon, we'll make sure we retweet that, too, when you send that back out. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. We'll see you Thursday. Back at you, man. Thanks so much. It's Damon Amendolara from CBS Sports Radio. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an emotional day. And um, I I love the idea of kind of reclaiming the day and celebrating Mo. And um, it's going to be a special day in Baltimore. It's going to be a special day. Are we going to try or? No. No. Okay. That's all right. (laughs) That's all right. No worries. Uh, Thanks, Damon, for taking a couple of minutes for us. So since we have a minute here, why don't we do this? Ah, I blame. I blame. It's the last note that always. You've got an excuse today. It's the last note that always gets me. I'm doing fine. Right up at that last note. Young Utes brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, the Young Utes should be at Glory Days because the summer seasonal menu is unbelievable. The opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. How about, how does this sound for you? South Carolina barbecue chicken. I know a thing or two about a thing or two, and I know that people in South Carolina know how to barbecue a chicken, unlike the people in North Carolina who don't know how to barbecue anything. Get over there, try that. The lobster roll with the grilled corn. The lobster and crab fries. The Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This all sounds amazing. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. Get your order in. Yeah, stop by, see us while you visit your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Ours is right here, literally a stone's throw. I could throw uh, 105.7 stone felts to Glory Days Grill. I could do that. It's a stone's throw. Stony former Ravens quarterback Stony Case. I could throw him to Glory Days Grill from where I'm sitting right now. Probably not, but I would I would try. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website. What are the young youths talking about today, Carson Weekly? The first one, uh, this has been like a really big deal. So are you familiar with the uh like the Mr. and Mrs. books from like when you were little, like Mr. Skinny and like Mr. Like all I, okay. those? I am seeing I, I saw the somebody do this. The big cat did this about coffee this morning. I saw yeah, it's just been like a thing of people to make a little miss or little mister Wh- and then whatever their personality trait is and it, it's why yeah i have the same question why i've i don't so where I, did this i was start? trying to look. so this is i saw the one that the, the big cat from barstool put up it was right little it, it's miss it's exactly like coffee. it's exactly like and that. that's apparently just, but are you supposed to change the so the, there's like the I think uh, or? so the the original books were written by this British guy and I remember loving the books when I was I d- little. I don't remember. Really? I I remember nothing. I've, about yeah, when it. I was I've in never, like when I was like, in, I have vague memories of this being a thing, yeah. but I just, just vague. I remember like when I was in kindergarten, like my teacher would read those books all the time. But anyway, so there's like a bunch of those little caricatures that are all for the different books, and people just pick one and they put it on, uh, just like a white page and it's, and then they give it a title little right. miss or little so it mister. just comes off as we're bored i mean that's what that's what it oh, is. it's it's, it's a, people are bored sometimes i think these things are very funny 
I don't think this is very I've yet funny. To, I've yet to see a funny one. That's my, that, and I've probably seen a hundred That's of them. my issue. I am all on board with a good meme, right? Because if mm, I get a nice sure. chuckle out of it, a nice chortle, then it's improved my day, right? My day has been improved by silly memes, by you know people capitalized usher doing this thing in the tiny desk concert everybody i'm i can that can i can get a chuckle out of that not all of them are funny but enough of them are funny some of them are uproariously funny enough of them are funny that i say this is great this is you have added as dumb a place as twitter is <laughs> as insane as this cesspool can be you have added something to my day by giving me a nice you know uptick i don't know this just screams you know what this screams? Me! Pay attention to me! I don't know how this improves. Like, what What if we did one for me? What would be little Miss Angry shakes his fist? Or at yeah, I think, like, like or you, you could be like, oh, today I'm uh, I'm little Miss No Voice. Or it's just, yeah, that, it's, it's how dumb. is that? Look, if, what you, if you go on Twitter, I mean, there's just so but many. But are any what? of them funny? No, I've yet to see a funny one. <laughs> they're, but it's just, just, they're just about me being, swimming in Lake Me. Yeah, well, this is like the tell, like tell me I'm pretty thing from last right, week. I just want attention. Thing. Tell me I'm pretty. That's exactly what this is. I matter. Care about me. Be interested in me. By the way, this is... I'm going to take a detour for a second. This is why it's so stupid that we've all gotten away from Facebook. The only valuable thing that Facebook had to offer, one... I, I like looking at pictures of your kids. I do. I like looking at pictures of your kids. I've reached that age. That's what I'm into. I, I Once upon a time, I understand like Instagram was the place for me to look at pictures of chicks. Now I'm into looking at pictures. I want to see you and your kids growing up and having fun and going. First day of school, it's wonderful. Watching all the kids hold up their signs. I want to be a firefighter growing up. I love all of that. I'm all in, right? Um, but the one thing that Facebook offered was it would tell you when your friend's birthdays were. And let's be fair, none of us have a, a, a half a clue when our friends' birthdays are, unless they tell us, unless they invite us to a party and say, my birthday is coming up. We don't know when our friend's birthday I have like four friends who so I could tell you where their birthday is. Otherwise, don't, don't, I might have a generic idea. Griffin had to tell me when his birthday was the day before. I wouldn't oh, yeah. know when his yeah, birthday sure. was. Well, I mean, I nev- you're never going to know. But Facebook, not- Facebook offered that. You could do the bare minimum as a human and say, hey, guy. Today's your day. Enjoy your day. But we were all like, nah, get to get away from that. To Twitter, because doing literally the bare minimum of wishing our friends a happy birthday was too much. We have to go back swimming into Lake Me. We have to go back. I only care about me. Don't care about you and your birthday. I only care about me. Me. So we got to make little... Little Miss things that aren't funny and offer nothing to society. God, I, I am very old. This is this is peak old guy right now. <laughs> My God, do I come off like I'm screaming at a cloud at the moment. You better move on to the next one. Because right. This isn't getting this better. One, this one might even make you more mad. Oh, good. <laughs> All right, so uh, after... But is there a reason why this started? Or No, I was tr- I tried to figure out where the start of it was, and I, I, have no, I don't know. But this one, this next one does have an origin story. So J.J. Reddick and Jerry West, ah, they yes. went at it a little bit. And for some reason, Bob Cousy got dragged into this, and a lot of people are basically saying, "I'm not sure I, I could kn- beat prime Bob Cousy one on one." I'm not sure I knew Bob Cousy was still alive. If I'm being totally honest with you, I don't you. know if he is, okay. but it's just like a bunch of. Uh, it's been a big thing for people to say that I can I can beat prime Bob Cousy one on one, and like on uh on TikTok, no, he's 93 years old. He's still with us. Wow, good. There's a lot of like voiceovers of his career highlights, <laughs> so, and people like, just congratulations. Making fun of him. <laughs> 
Um, so it's, yeah, but pe- Bob Cousy slanders at an all-time high. So this all started with J.J. Redick saying that Bob Cousy played against like plumbers, right? He was, say- oh, he was saying that Jerry West was playing against like firefighters and like guys that basketball wasn't their actual career. And right. Jerry West fired back with something, and then out of that, this somehow is, Bob Cousy came. By the way, this is the, the problem the with the ins- th- these arguments, right? The problem with these arguments, and and the reason why I don't like to do them is because they take out all context, which is. Well, that was your option then. You couldn't get paid. You you should JJ Redick should be great. JJ Redick was let's be fair. I, I I he was an average basketball player at best. He was an average basketball player in in NBA context, right? Mm-hmm. In the context of the world, he was an exceptional basketball player. But in the NBA, he was an average basketball player. Despite being an average basketball player, he was able to make gobs and gobs of money. Because there were guys like Bob Cousy and Jerry West that came before him that didn't have that option. Because they didn't have that option, they had to work other jobs. The idea that J.J. Redick is so much scary better than those guys are leaves out all the context, which is Bob Cousy was scary better than everybody else that was playing basketball at the time. And that if there had been millions upon millions more dollars to be made playing basketball at the time, then probably he wouldn't have been going up against firefighters or plumbers or whatever right it was. and it's just like the other night uh during the o's game ben mcdonald was talking about how dave johnson drove a dump truck in the city during the offseason because they e- had to every all of because the, the hall- salaries weren't just like the hall huge. of fame baltimore colts all work jobs right here in baltimore in the offseason every one of them john unitis maybe the greatest quarterback of all time worked an offseason job in baltimore it was a different era if those players those athletes had the option to spend more time you know just train all off i I don't know how good they would have been i don't know how much more special they might have been but the idea that we discredit them because of that well these these guys are just far more athletic freaks well yes because they have the option to be the circumstances are not the same it's what makes this argument dumb it's so pointedly stupid and if anything jj reddick should just constantly say I am very thankful that these people came along because it allowed me, an average basketball player, to be overwhelmingly wealthy because there were guys like Bob Cousy and Jerry West. That's the end. Boy, this really is old man yelling at cloud. Yeah. Today. Well, oh, I mean, I, I disagree with all of it, too. So my God, this is old man yelling at cloud. I don't you know should what do here. J.J. Redick and Bill Russell. Could Is J.J. Redick better than Bill Russell? No. Yeah, and then he, there's he, also he, been he a lot of people saying Russell. Dreams. Bill what? Russell, he could beat Bill Russell one-on-one, you think? I mean, that, 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 well, you're talking about a Russell, shooter. Can he defend the perimeter? Then it's, then it's, yeah, then it's like 6-9 or 6-10. What are we doing here? But then there's also people saying, like, oh, Redick would have 30 a game in that NBA. And it's like, well, I, Redick, if he maybe, played in that NBA, probably. wouldn't be able to just spend hours upon hours right. shooting and doing nothing else because he would have had to have worked a job. He wouldn't have been as good in that NBA. We, we, we're so stupid. <laughs> we are so <laughs> unthinkably stupid. We have no ability to think. We just say stupid things. It's all we do. Well, J.J. Redick would have gone. No, because J.J. Redick couldn't have spent every offseason sleeping in hyperbaric chambers because they didn't exist. <laughs> He's going to be Little Miss loses his voice again. Yeah. I am. God <laughs> little, damn little, it. Little Miss red face. <laughs> just get to number three. We got to get to Dan Wilcox. All right. Uh, number three. everything. So uh, there's been a, a pretty big debate going on as well. Uh, so XXL is, if you're not familiar, is this uh, company, and it's like a music company. Media and they, they, yeah, they, they come out with uh, a list of all of the, it's called the freshman list, and it's mm-hmm. all the newest rappers from the year, 
and that and they just basically highlight them. And so part of the thing is they split them up into two teams. They half them, and then yes. they do like a freestyle. So they put out this list. I believe this was uh, popularized on the Little Dicky TV show. I believe they showed. Well, maybe that was just a cipher. Maybe that wasn't. Maybe that wasn't this. Go ahead, yeah. keep going. So they put out this list, and it, it was, was definitely for a TV thing, though, wasn't it? They, remember the they, they posted on YouTube, and the uh-huh. uh, the twenty sixteen one is like immensely popular. Like it's it's one that people will actually go and listen to. So uh, they they gave two teams. So I'm gonna list the teams. I'm, I want to see what you think. And okay. it's a freestyle battle, and they're basically like alternating between the two teams. Okay. Uh, nineteen ninety four Biggie Smalls. Yeah, I mean, two thousand Eminem. Uh-huh. 2003, 50 Cent. Hang on, Biggie, Eminem. Yeah, and I guess this is like the prime of all these guys, so Eminem, just assume that it's the prime. 50. Uh, 2015, Drake. Drake. Mm. And then 2016, Lil Uzi Vert. Okay. That's Team A versus Team B. 1996, Tupac. Mm-hmm. 2008, Lil Wayne. 2010, Kanye West. 2015, Kendrick Lamar. I was... Yeah, why was he on the twenty ten? Kanye West was. Like, I, I think this is just like in their five I think, years. Into I think his... this is just in their prime. Okay, all right. I don't know if Kanye West was ever an XXL freshman. I yeah, think they just have okay. list. And twenty eighteen Playboy Cardi. All right. Well, I mean that doesn't do anything for me. But the answer is uh, team two. I mean that's look. I I don't get me wrong. I love Eminem. I love Biggie. But like fifty was a caricature as much as he he wasn't a great rapper. Right. He was a kind of a caricature. Drake. We're really gonna do this? We're really gonna have this conversation? We've had this conversation on here before. This conversation. Look, um, even if I say that Kanye's totally fallen off, and he has, like Kanye thought more of himself, but Kanye in the early years of his career was outstanding. Um, Kanye from that, you know, that 2005 to 2000, man, it's not even 2005. It's more like 2004, right? 2003, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. Um, he was outstanding. Like he didn't go off the deep end for, for a few years after that. So right. 2010 Kanye, I, I yeah, absolutely... Yeah, 10 solid years. Yeah, I'd very much still be in there. Um, Lil Wayne probably gets more disrespect. Um, Glenn for, is a huge advocate I, for I Lil Wayne. I utterly love Lil Wayne. I mean, he's brilliant. And then Tupac and Kendrick. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on. This isn't... I think fair. that's been this the consensus. A, this I think, isn't a fair fight. Yeah, I think that's been you the gotta consensus. you got to redraft these teams in order to make this a, an actual conversation. Yeah, and I think that's been the consensus that B is... Like, uh, I, if I rank... If, okay, hang on. If I just did this 1 to 10, so that's... Tupac is obviously number 1. I'll give Biggie number 2. This is the irony. You might be surprised. I would probably go... I'd be torn between Kendrick and Eminem for number three. Yeah, I was going to say Eminem, but like Kendrick, it, makes, so, it makes sense. It makes, genius. makes perfect sense. He's a genius. So I'll even give that three and give this four, but then it's five, six right there. Mm-hmm. So four of the top six are all on one side. Right. So not, we just broke not a, this. Not a fair fight. Where else not are you going to find a fight. breakdown like not this? Not a fair fight. Of this list. All right, very good. Thank you, Carson. Yeah, thank you. All right, uh, into hour number two of today's program. It's also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. That's where you should be for UFC 277 on Saturday night. Griffin's going to lose all of his money betting on Amanda Nunez in the main no, event. No, she's winning. Well, but you can't just bet her to win. There's The odds aren't great. You're well, going to yeah, have to yeah, find some other things to bet. I'll probably lose my money on the rest Start of the card. Start looking at some of those you know, like props, okay. and we'll okay. figure out what you like about that card. Um uh, that's the place to be if you want to reserve your spot right now because they get huge crowds for UFC fights in the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can watch the fight for free, and you can win money betting on the fights. 
which seems like a good way to spend your Saturday night instead of sitting around your house ordering a fight. What do they, they cost now? 60 bucks, something like that? 75 dollars $75. $75 at your house. You're not going to win any money because you can't bet on your phone in Maryland. <laughs> You're just going to be down 75 bucks. You could be up hundreds of dollars. You go watch the fight and bet on it. FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot right now. Dan Wilcox, our friend, former Ravens tight end, part of the Believe Podcast Network. He and Bo are back this week. Dan Wilcox, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm great, man. How are you today, Glenn? All right. Give me give me of this group, all right? One <clears throat> side. Uh, this is a thing apparently that's happening on Twitter today. One side, your team is Biggie, Eminem, 50 Cent, Drake, and Lil Uzi Vert. The other team is Tupac, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, and Playboy Cardi. Which team do you want? I'm going to go with uh, Kendrick, Kanye, Thank you. Uh, Kanye West. I, I can't believe this is a debate. I mean, this is this that, that team is loaded, man. Like, my God. Tupac and Kendrick Lamar on the same team? And prime <clears throat> Kanye? Come on. That's an unfair fight. Yeah. What are we doing here? I yeah, play- I mean, you got you got to really, really sit down and think about it, Glenn. Like, Kanye going to come with the dopest beat, and then he's going he gonna to give you a killer flow. Then you got Lamar on there. Um, Kendrick is phenomenal with his verse. He's a genius. So you put yes. two geniuses together, him and Kanye. Even, Kanye, Kanye off meds, though. Not Kanye on meds. <laughs> you know, so... You got a, you got a chance to kill right there. Well, and throw in you know maybe the greatest rapper in the history of humanity in Tupac Shakur. Like you know that's all absolutely. that that's all you've got on that team. Absolutely yeah. unfair fight. Yeah, he'll pour it and you won't even know it. Oh, yeah. what's going on, dude? How are you? How's 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 life for Dan Wilcox these days? Everything's great, Glenn. Just down in Georgia, just working hard, man. Um, you know, me and Bo just shot. We just did our first um segment for next year for the Believe Network and the podcast, Believe Podcast. And I'm um, just sitting here trying to get my sons enrolled in school, you know, doing a dad thing and, you know, trying to be the best version of Wilcox I can be. I love that. Give me the biggest, just, you know, let's separate all the nonsense that people are spewing about Lamar Jackson, the contract. Your single biggest concern about the Ravens in context of trying to win a Super Bowl in 2022 is what? Um, I think injuries, man, it's the same concern that everybody has. You know, I, I think the Costa and crew has done a phenomenal job in the offseason putting together a great team. Um, receiving The receiving part may be still an issue for them moving forward. But just really, I mean, the only thing, the biggest issue they had last season that stopped them from going to the Super Bowl was injuries. And, you know, they was plagued with the injury bug last year. Everybody and their mom got hurt last year. Their girlfriends broke up with them. I mean, it was crazy last year. <laughs> You know, so this year, you know, you just hope these guys have an opportunity to stay healthy and you hope that God's with them and, and they're blessed and they come out of this thing and they go healthy into the playoffs and, and they stay healthy throughout the season. I, I think they got a chance of, of shocking some people. I think people forgot how good they were last year. I, I agree with you, by the way. I absolutely think that they are a bit under the radar right now because people forgot the story of what happened a season ago is that everybody got hurt. I will admit, however, Dan, I am still concerned I know they're going to want to run the ball. They want to try to replicate what they did a couple of years ago in Lamar's MVP season. I understand all of those things. But I am still a bit apprehensive about the wide receiver room. And it's not because I don't believe these guys can't be players or that you know the tight ends can help out a little bit. I, I just there is They are so inexperienced at the wide receiver position. And in winning the biggest games they've got to win this year, I, I am... 
boy, I, I don't know, man. Like, that's the one thing that I look at and say, if there's something about this roster that I think will ultimately hold them back, it's it's what they lack in terms of wide receivers. I, I think we, I, I honestly think we're going to be shocked this year to see how well these young men play. Um, I think Joe, James Prochet is like the best kept secret in Baltimore right now. I think Bateman is going to step up and make some big plays. I thought he played well last year. As you can keep Duvernay healthy, I think you got a one, two, three punch in the receiving core that could be pretty freaking special all year long. Just about injuries and just praying these guys don't pull a hamstring or, you know, hip or, or end up with some curved toe or something. You got, you got to keep these guys healthy. Um, Pro Se, slot is probably about as good I mean, he's a Wes Welker type all day. You know, hands is freaking phenomenal. I watched the kid down at the Senior Bowl when he was coming out. I was actually his breakout leader. Got a chance to you know to, to evaluate him every single day as a breakout leader. Wow! You know down at the recent, and I just thought he was a phenomenal player. When I talked to the Raven scout, you know later on they asked me if he was a Raven. I was like hands down. I mean you can't teach hands. You can teach how to run routes. You can teach how to get in out of breaks. You can teach how to create separation. You can teach leverage when you run routes and and understanding how to push and move the defender and keep him where he at and make him move off his mark. And you could teach that. You could teach all those angles and all that type of stuff, how to be a good route runner. But you can't teach a natural ability to be able to attract the ball with your eyes and hands, you know. And, of course, you can, you can definitely develop it and make it better. But he has a natural set of hands that are phenomenal, man. It's, it's up there with some of the greats I've seen. I mean, look, man, I love everything you're saying right now. I just I, – I get nervous about a group. They have four wide receivers in the room that have even played at all. I mean, even a little bit in the NFL, and none of them right. have played much in the NFL. Right. I, I just, yeah. you know, unfortunately, as we say, hey, you want them to stay healthy, you, you know the way this league works. I, boy, I, I feel like you're asking a lot of a really thin group. Well, Glenn, I look at it like this right here. Like, I used to have this, this battle with my, 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 he's now 17, but I've been arguing with this kid since he was 10. Okay. You know, he will watch the NFL game. And my son, my son Tristan, and he would watch an NFL game, and then it would be a really bad team like the Bengals or the Browns maybe sucking at that time or something. You know, this is like six, seven years. They're not, they not as great as they were now. You know, he would look at the team and be like, man, the Miami Dolphins suck, Dad. <laughs> and I would look at this kid right in his eyes like, watch what you say. There's not a team in the NFL that sucks. There's not a player in the NFL that sucks. Your worst player was somebody All-American or somebody All-State, All-County, all you know, these are world-class elite athletes, and that's what the Ravens have in their wide receiver room. They got world-class elite athletes in their receiver room, and they was the best of the best and the best of the best and the best of the best from every single level. And they've been – all the bad guys have been weeded out. This whole thing, Glenn, is about confidence. You know, it's whether or not Bateman got the confidence that, that he had his senior year in college where he was unthinking believable, whether or not Proche has the confidence he had his senior year of college when he was absolutely believable. Whether or not DuVernay have gained the confidence that he has, you know, for the last two, three years that he's been playing because he's been phenomenal. He's been a great receiver for, you know, for the Ravens. And before he even came to Baltimore, he was doing really well as well. You know, so you got some guys that's coming in behind them that's going to push those guys from a chance to, to you know, to, to step outside of their bodies and become supermen. You know, I felt for the majority of the time of my career that I was a superman. I felt like I was a superhero. I can remember taking a shower one time. My son was like, Dad, you look like a superhero. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what you feel. You feel invincible, Glenn, until you get that moment where you get injured and you get hurt, and all of a sudden, oh, maybe I am human. 
You know, that, that, you know. So these guys, I think they have some phenomenal receivers that may that may shock you. I mean, let's be honest. I've um, you know, I've I've basically seen you naked before, and I, you know what, you did look like a superhero. Yeah. If I'm being yeah. honest Thank with you, you. Thank you did man. look like a superhero. Thanks. I appreciate it. That's our buddy Dan Wilcox. Um, Dan, so I, I mentioned something. I said it, it seems like this team wants to replicate what they did in 2019, right? Like that's it looks like that's what they're right. building. Is we want to be that team that just runs you to death. Can can right. they get back to that? Does the did the NFL see too much of it, and they're you know going to be ready to 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 have new answers for the Ravens if they try to do that, or can they get right back to being that team that run? Like my, my God, they've they've signed every running back. They they signed another one yesterday in Corey Clement. They've got like twenty running backs on the roster. They clearly want to run the ball a ton. Can they get back to doing what it is they did so successfully in upending the league in twenty nineteen? Absolutely. I mean, running the football has been around since the beginning of, of time, football. So to me, I look at the running the football just like the defense is lining up in man-to-man defense. When the defense lines up in man-to-man defense, they're basically saying our DBs are better than your skill guys. When you run the ball down somebody's throat, you're saying my front five and my running backs are better than your front five and your, and your linebackers. You know, so it's a challenge. It's a challenge week in and week out. And I think the Ravens is a, is a it has always been like a ground and pound team. I don't think I don't think anything was that success for Baltimore. I mean, unless they have another season like they did last year, where everybody hurts me, lose every running back. I think the reason why they load their roster up is so they can save Gus and they can save um, Dobbins and those guys. Yeah. So that you know, heal all those guys, so they can save those guys for the season. They run those young guys, you know, get those guys some film. You know, now they got film they can go other places and go play and make teams somewhere else. But the Ravens pretty much has their mind made up of who's going to be their running backs for this season. And those other guys get an opportunity to come in and showcase their stuff and maybe beat one of those guys out. You know, but it's two of those guys ain't going nowhere. You know, you're going to see those guys pounding yeah. the rock. No all doubt. next season, and they're going to do everything they can to keep them healthy, Glenn. I, by the way, and I think I, you know, Bo and I were talking about this the other day. I I really think that they're you know, as much as J.K. Dobbins is like, I want to be back for Week One. They're like, dude, Week One is not our priority. Like Week One is is right. small potatoes for us. We want you to be available in February. That's what we're worried Absolutely. about right now. Absolutely, man. You got star running backs in this team, man. You got guys that can take it. They can, they can, you can give it to them in the back for ninety nine with it. And that's pretty impressive when you have three guys, you know, on the team that can do that, you know. So I think Baltimore will get back to, you know, this offensive line will have to show and prove themselves. They'll get developed throughout this camp, and you'll figure out who's going to be that guy and who's not that guy on the O-line. And once they get that figured out, you know what you got in the tight end room, you know, with Mark Andrews and company. And um, I think these receivers will do exactly what they've been doing under the radar for the last couple of years. Um, let me just talk briefly before I let you go, Dan, about Lamar. And I look, whatever stupid thing some defensive coordinator says anonymously is insane. But yeah. the totality of the continued absurd criticism, just the completely unfair, ridiculous, nonsensical criticism that goes that does not go away with this young man, plus the questions about his contract, his long term future. Plus the fact that, you know, when we go back to the world of being fair, we all have to acknowledge that before he got hurt, he did struggle for those final four weeks that he played last year against the Blitz. How much of that do you think is riding on this young man's shoulders? And and how hell-bent do you expect to see Lamar Jackson to play as good a football as he has ever played, 
given all of this that's going on around him right now? I think Lamar is going to be Lamar. You know, I think people people really don't understand. Like, when people watch these games, like, they really feel like that the Ravens was at 100% last year. You know, when, they, when he struggled against the Blitz, he had no O-line. Everybody was hurt. He had no running backs. Everybody was hurt. You know, he had no receivers. Everybody was hurt. You know, he's basically out there running for his life every single play with guys missing assignments and guys coming free every single play in the house he has nobody to protect you know i mean anybody would fail in that situation is level right now the playing field is level you're going to get all your guys back you know nobody's hurt right now everybody's coming back off injuries and they'll be back with by the time week one comes around you know so i mean i, I think the, the the issue that people have is what have you done for me lately what are you doing right now you know, and it's like that's all they remember. They remember what happened at the end of the year. They remember what happened once he got hurt. They remember what happened the last two, three weeks before he got hurt when he had nobody out there protecting him at all. And he's basically one man out there standing alone with a bunch of young guys that, you know, everybody was playing position at that point. You know, you had guards playing tackles, centers playing guards. You know, it was weird, man. You know, so it's stuff that never happens in the NFL. And they, they still found a way, you know, at that moment. You got to keep in mind, the kid, his name was in, in, in the hunt for MVP status at that time. That's how well he was playing up until everybody started to go on it. He started to lose his entire, no his entire supporting cast. I mean, I think Lamar is Lamar. I think the hate that he gets is, is because he's not what you expect a clean-cut, you know, franchise quarterback to look like. You know, he's an inner-city kid, you know, from Miami, from, from that Florida area. Grittiness to him. The things that we love about them, things that everybody else hate about them, you know. So it's like that grittiness to me pours out Baltimore. You know, it's that it's that inner city of Baltimore. You know, you go down to the Inner Harbor, you know, you go out into the East Baltimore, West Baltimore areas. You know, it's got, it's kind of got that grittiness to it. And Lamar to me is like that gritty quarterback. You know, that came from you no, know, that got it out of the mud. He found a way. He won the Heisman, and now he's in the NFL winning MVPs. People love to hate him. When you're doing great, people hate you. And if he didn't have haters, he wouldn't be doing good at all. You know, and it's like the things that he gets shot down on, to me, is the things that make him special. I mean, he's, he, this is a kind guy. When somebody like Michael Vick says that he's better than him at this point in time right. in his career. No doubt. It just, it just goes, yeah, it goes to show you how phenomenal. Remember Vick, clean-cut guy than Lamar, you know? So he was more of a clean-cut guy. Looking at him visually, he's more of a clean-cut guy. He became almost the face of the NFL. Lamar has done more than Michael Vick has at this moment in his career, and he hasn't had a chance to be the face of the NFL. Hmm. Love to hate this dude for some reason. Maybe it's because he's in Baltimore. He got that raven on his chest. You know, so, I mean, I always felt like we was the black sheep of the NFL. If you talk to Bart <laughs> Scott, he'll say anything. You know, so you go to some games, and all of a sudden we're getting penalties and, and phantom calls never existed you know and it's, it's so weird man it's, it's just part of being a raven um i think he's the perfect quarterback for baltimore i think he's the perfect quarterback to to take on all the hate that he gets and when it's come to get paid and they're ready to cut that check they're going to cut the check for the man the way it's supposed to be cut that's well said my man that is really well said uh dan wilcox at coach wilcox on twitter of course the believe podcast network he and bo smolka back at it for another season uh, breaking down the Ravens. Dan, always appreciate it, brother. Let's do this again soon, all right? Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. 
No, no doubt, man. Thank you for having me on. It's always you're, a pleasure talking to you. Bro. Hey, you'll always be my superhero, my friend. I want you to know that. You'll always be my guy. Love that guy, man. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate that, brother. Dan Thank Wilcox, you. he is the best. Love that guy. Really, I've always, he's just one of the, the best human beings we've ever had around these parts and appreciate him taking the time for us. Um, let's just keep rolling and we'll get the break before we do Simply the Bets. What, what, what are we doing here? We'll just, keep, we'll just keep it going. We'll just keep rolling right through and I'll get a break in before we start the betting show. That's the way it'll go. Um, <clears throat> hello. Sorry. Today's show is also brought to you by. It comes and goes, right? Like in moments, I'm like, yeah, I sound all right. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I thought you've sounded great today. I don't think I've sounded great. I think I have. Considering the circumstance, I think you've sounded great. I, I, look, Carson, I appreciate it. And I want you to know you're very pretty. All right? <laughs> you're very pretty. Oh, I forgot to tell the viewers. Yeah, you, come on, let you're, them know. You guys look great today. You don't need to put out your little miss crap you look yeah. very pretty you got it from me yes no, no little misses from any of Stra- you today. strapping carson weekly says you're very pretty you don't need your little miss memes uh today's show brought to you by <clears throat> just as i thought i was sounding better it goes away it's brought to you by the print issue of press box which is available right now for free at your neighborhood royal farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box read it all pressboxonline.com it is our salute to coaches issue john harbaugh's on the cover also inside kenny Matalolo from navy uh, from Maryland, Sasha Sorovsky, Missy Maharg, Pete Karinji from UMBC, Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe, Kendall Peace from Polly, all coaches who have either recently surpassed or are approaching significant milestones in their career. And then also we recognize two coaches who recently retired, Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins, Lou Eckerl from Calvert Hall. It's the players and the athletes whose lives they impacted the most who are the ones telling the stories of these coaches. So encourage you to go pick up that new print issue of Pressbox right now or read it at pressboxonline.com uh, where it is available. You're telling me to take the break now because Drew's not answering his phone? That's what you're saying, Griffin? Fairness, I told him uh, 11.15 and then uh, I, I this might be on me is the point that I'm trying to make. I, I might have screwed this up. All right, we'll take the break then. Drew is supposed to join us. If he doesn't, I think we're going to be okay. I think we'll live. But Drew's going to join us in Simply the Bet, still to come this hour. That's all on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number two sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good sports get your tickets now for the premier high school lacrosse games of the year the 17th annual all america lacrosse boys and girls senior all-star games will be on saturday july 30th at johns hopkins historic homewood field This is your chance to see the future lacrosse stars up close and in person as they showcase why they are the best in the country. Go to allamericalacrosse.com and get your tickets now. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Let's uh, check in with Drew Forrester. Drew's MorningDish.com. Fairways and Greens on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, how did your uh, Bruce Springsteen ticket attempts uh, go this morning? It went great, except I could only afford two. <laughs> so, so I got through, and then every time I actually clicked on the tickets, right? Like I'll take these. They were like, at ah, somebody else already Gone. got them. Yep, somebody else already yeah. got them. So eventually, my only yeah. option was to buy like fifteen hundred dollar tickets, and I said, I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I think, gonna I, think I, I would have passed. Okay. I had an option to buy nine hundred dollar ones, and I'm like, nope, I'm good. Now they didn't offer. And I don't know. Ex- yeah, I don't I, know exactly how this thing works. Like this, this whole whatever this is called, this pricing that they do now dynamic pricing they call it i don't understand how it works but what i i would assume that if i found out how it worked oh yeah i you, would be you really you offended. wouldn't be thrilled you definitely yeah. wouldn't be thrilled um now they offered and i was surprised did you get the offer speaking of dynamic pricing so the way it works is like they have you know certain price points available in certain areas i saw they had the one that for fifteen hundred dollars you could you could sit in Bruce's bathroom. Were you able to get those? Uh, no, but I would have definitely bought those. I didn't see that. I know, I know that. Shucks. <laughs> no, I got on the floor. I did get the floor, so I did get two good seats on the floor, and I only have one okay. person going right what, now, which is me. What did, but what, I'll did find- what did it cost you? What did two seats on the floor total? Not not like the listed price. Um, like a, a thousand bucks. A thousand for two seats on the floor. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's about what I thought. That's yeah. about what it was. And, I, and that's and that's about my. You know, I could have gone to New York a few years ago to see him up at Broadway. It was seven hundred and twenty dollars or something. 
and then I factored in, I, I got to get up there. Yes. I, I probably have to spend the night. Yeah. You know, it's a $1,200 event. I'm going to eat dinner somewhere. Right. Um, and I, you know, hey, look, I am probably, I guess, as big a Bruce fan as there is, but but I'm not that big of a fan. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be that big of a fan for anyone. I'm actually a little bit surprised by so, that statement, if I'm being honest with you. I know, you. <laughs> but I, I just, you know, there is. Now, again, this is all based on your on your means. If I was a gazillionaire, oh, of course, right. I, I would just well, be going and, up there. And that's, like, re- that's really what dynamic pricing is. And that's sort of what the economy has become. Let's charge somebody something and just see if people will right. pay. It. Let's and, just and find out. That is the truth. Like, so when I saw those tickets, good seats, double F, which I guess is, um, you know, 12 rows back or whatever, I, I'm like, yeah. You know, uh, that's about my number. 500's my number. I, I'll find somebody to buy the other ticket. Like, I'm not worried about that. You know, if somebody else wants to go, I'll say the tickets are $500. And if they say, no thanks, I'll right. find somebody else to pay $500. Right. Like, right. I'm not worried about getting rid of the other ticket. I'm, so that was about my limit. Yeah. And I'm going to put together a little event like I did before. I'll figure out a way to put together a cool little event. I'll have a DJ come in. We'll do some Springsteen karaoke. I'll make, you know, I'll get... 50 people in a room and and we'll have a good time yeah like, i know. was i was tapped out at, at like 200 bucks was my limit like for okay before before i, I was would lo- I I, and by the way i would have had there been seats available when i got in at 200 yep even if they were in the upper deck i would have bought them oh there by the way the, you know I, I, the one seat that was available was literally in the corner section of the upper deck like you were not gonna have uh, a view and that of was the stage. 200 bucks and it, it was it was I want to say it was two fifteen or something like that. Yeah. Um, like so so I so I submit to you for an, uh, another two hundred and eighty five dollars. Wouldn't you rather oh, just have yes, a good seat? Uh, no, a hundred percent of those two options. Okay. And it's look, I, right. I don't. Th- this is very different. I paid an exorbitant amount of money. Y- y- you can roll your eyes, do whatever you want for Paul McCartney because I'd never seen Paul McCartney before. I needed right. to see him. This is, okay. I, I, I'm not like you. I like Bruce Springsteen, but I'm not like you with him, and I've seen him a bunch of times. So if right. I, if I miss I this one, it like this. I'll be okay. Right, and I'm, and I'm the opposite because I always think this is it. Right, this, is, this could be your last. This I is understand. it for him. Yep. I mean, uh, we never know when we're, you know, none of oh. us ever know when we're going, but this could be it for him, could be it for me. Could be, I mean, like, I want to go see him again, and I've been saying that this will be my 28th time seeing him. I've been saying that since about the twentieth. Yeah, how does how does like, Mrs. Forrester handle it when that's your excuse? She's like, "Oh, again, huh? You're yeah, you're, right, wor- right, right, you're right, worried right. about this being the last time again. Right. That's your excuse right, well, again." She, she could go too. She just doesn't want to go. Yeah, by, um, by the way, that's normally the way it works with Mrs. Clark. Where I'm like, "I bought two tickets. Yeah. If you want to go, you may have the other right. ticket. Nah, right. good. Just take a right. friend." Take a friend. So this will now top the most I've ever paid for a show. I paid three hundred dollars to see ELO, but I had I was in row D. Okay, I was close enough to see Jeff Lynn sweat. Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah. Boy. So that was it for me. Like, uh, and this, you know, and again, I, I'm I'm paying. And if I really wanted to be a, you know what, I'd put this online and I'd get a thousand dollars for it. Probably, I'd make my thousand yeah. dollars yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. somebody would give me a thousand dollars to drive down here from New Jersey that night and stand there and row double F with me. I still can't. But I'm not. I but still, I'm not doing that either. I still can't believe. So the, I, the only thing I got out of um, looking at the like map for the new version of the arena 
is that they're not going to call like there's going to be one lower level now, right? Like it's right. not going to be the 100 and the 200. There's going to be one combined right. lower level and then the upstairs right. level which was always the 300 level is now the 200 level, right? Like right. that's the only I didn't really learn anything so I else. I got a sneak peek about um well, I don't know, five now probably longer now, maybe 2 months ago. In April, end of April, so this is end of May, end of June. No, it's longer than that. It's three months. Um, I got a sneak peek at what they were doing. I got in there through someone um, all on a whim. Hey, I'm going down to look at the arena. Would you, would you be interested in going down and looking at it? I know, you know, you got a soft spot for it, blah, blah, blah. Would you want to go in and see what they're doing? Sure. Um, I, and, and when I was in there, I would say it was, um, uh, boy, I don't even know, 30% of it was you know, done. Okay. Maybe. Okay. It's going to blow you away when you see it. Really? It's going to blow you away. I'm still. Based on what it used to be. I, okay. I understand that, but I'm very apprehensive that we're doing this just to have a, 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 a rectangle box arena still. Like I'm very apprehensive. I know, uh, but, it, but, it, but I'm just telling you, you'll be blown away when you see it. All right. When you yeah. see it, you're going to be like, yep, yeah, they fix this up. All right. Now, you know, again, like, what ooh, would we rather have an eighteen thousand seater that's beautiful? Sure, but we don't have that. I, but we, we're going to have a. This is a building that that people are going to. This is this is their indoor version of Merryweather, right? This is their answer to that. You can go to Merryweather, but you can also come here now because it's because it's nice. All right, look, man. I hope you. I just wish we had it. I, I would have settled for having the right shape of a building. I would have settled for uh, that. I agree, but that was in 1962. I understand, man. I when they understand. built it, they thought it was the cat's meow. All right. uh, do, do you care at all about what an anonymous defensive coordinator said about Lamar Jackson on, on the Athletic? Zero. Okay. Um, Zero. And, he, and and by the way, he might even be kind of right, but no, I couldn't care less. No, he's not kind but of I, right. I mean, the absurdity of I, that. I, he he he. His point is the same point everyone else has been making about the guy. And so you just have to decide, do you want to win football games, period, or do you want to have a guy who looks and acts and uh, comes off as a real quarterback? Wait, wait, and wait, I'm wait, the wait. other way. Wait, 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 I'll wait. take the... I'll take when, the wins. Wonder, do you he- hear yourself when you say the words like real quarterback? Like, but do you I'm hear that? There, I'm saying this is what people are saying. I'm not saying but, it. But, this is what people say about him. But that's the insane. That's what makes it so uh, completely absurd. It's the idea that if someone runs sometimes, that means they're not a real quarterback. Well, he's far better than everybody else that you're naming. Correct. At, that's at why all I the would take the latter. So I couldn't care less. If he wins, I don't care what he does. Doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But I understand the way people look at him. I get it. And I also get it. Maybe there's some geographic bias here, but I also get that almost all of those people are not from here. And they don't get to see him. They don't get to be, um, they don't have their team or their, for whatever reason our lives get impacted by sports they don't get their lives impacted by him or they don't get to watch yeah, him the way we but, do but it, it's 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 more like it's like it's the mike trout thing nah. like we have no uh, we have no idea how good or the otani kid 
we have no idea how good those guys are because we never see they're, them. They're, you, well, that's not completely true. I get what you're saying. I understand but that it's, it's mostly true. I understand what you're saying is that it impacts us more. I would go as far as say it's like watching with a blindfold. It's like saying if I, I said, "Hey, there's this team, and all they do is shoot threes, and they make all their threes, and they win all the time." And then somebody said, "Yeah, but that's not basketball. You can't play basketball like that." Well, why can't you? What what well, is the why, what is You're the winning. reason why you couldn't? And there's no argument. Right. There's no follow up. All these people are saying is, "Well, this just isn't how it's supposed to be." Why not? Eh, they don't right. have a I follow mean, up to it. There is no. It's like saying it. It's like when DeChambeau was sort of kind of rolling along and hitting it 380 yards. People were saying, "Yeah, well, that, well that's not golf." Well, it might be. Well, why wouldn't it be? I mean, why, in what, it might be the way golf now. I mean, you got to do other things too. Right, but he has now, since then, he's sort of gone the other way and he's changed his body again. But I, I get it. Like, but, I, but I do understand because it's so unique. I do understand how people that don't see him regularly and just see the data say, eh, yeah, he's whatever that guy said. I only read it and then I passed by because I'm like, whoever this is has no idea what he's talking about. But I do, I get it, but I'll take the winner. Give me the guy that wins, well, I, well, that, and you you can have the guy that, that looks this, good. This is different. Like Tim Tebow won, and he stunk. Like he wasn't, he couldn't play the position. This guy's not just winning. His the data says he might be the greatest quarterback think, of all time. But I think Tim Tebow is a pretty interesting comparison <laughs> as it relates to style. What? Right? Tebow was very, and not in the NFL. I don't count anything Tebow did in the NFL. I mean, I'm talking more about in college. Tebow was was a was just an athlete. But he couldn't throw the ball. Like, he was not capable of throwing the football. But he won. That's my point. He won. But it's far different. If Lamar, We could have this conversation if Lamar Jackson wasn't a good thrower. That's the insanity of it. People don't watch him and say he's not good at throwing the football because they're not. They have no idea what they're saying. Some people do, which is also bizarre. Some people say he can't throw, which is also weird. But that gets back to my point. This is coming from people who don't watch him. So they're going to say dumb things. It's nuts. It's nuts. They, uh, that's my point. You, these people that don't watch him game in and game out, and they just see the stats, and they just see the Ravens won 22-20, to 20, and Lamar had 114 yards rushing on the ground and 201 yards in the air, and he led the team in, in rushing. That They don't see that because they're not watching the games. It, will your opinion, it, when, when Trey Mancini— by the way, it, when it's third and eight— when it's third and eight and he throws for nine yards or runs for nine yards, it's the same thing. Yes, correct. It, it works either way. Either, either one <laughs> of them exactly is fine. It's exactly the same yes, thing. They, they all it's count. a three-foot putt and a 30-foot it, 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 like, putt. It's like, the people, it's like the people that truly don't understand why on-base percentage matters. Like, that it's just, it, well, I mean, it, it, batting average, it, it gets on base all the time. On all the time. Yeah, yeah. but his batting average I is mean, only. I mean, that is the Jim Tomey argument. Well, Jim Tomey had 1,800 hits. He did. He also got on base 4,000 times. Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. That's a and, fact. and it's just like a single. Yep, 100%. It's exactly. and, it, and, and by the way, in some ways, it's better than a single because it might have taken the pitcher nine pitches for you to walk. Also true. Also true. Right. Uh, right. When when Trey Mancini gets dealt, will your opinion be affected at all by what the return is? Um, no, I, I'm thinking about it because I wrote about him today, and, and and I didn't even I didn't really even take that into consideration. I mean, if you're saying what if what if they get hosed? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if uh, if, we, if it's like, pretty clear. 
I, I, I'll just give you my. I have said I am opposed to doing it for the sake of doing it. I am opposed well, to am just making the trade for whatever it is that you can get and taking. And so when we get to that point, I'm going to scream for a few minutes about the idea that they just took somebody's trash and said, well, what the hell? We had to trade him anyway. He was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I'm not on board with that, and I won't be on board with that. Now, if they end up getting I, I would agree. I would agree with that in, in general. I mean, again, they're, they're, they're going to they're, they're move him on. They're going to move him on because, in the end, A, they're probably not going to make the wild card this year, but I say probably, which means I've changed because two months ago I would have said they're not right, going to make course, it. Yeah. Now they're probably not going to make it. So they're probably not going to make it. They're very clearly not going to bring him back next year. That they have decided for whatever their reasons that 30 years old, as I said today at Drew's Morning Dish, like it's, it's kind of comical that at 30 years old, your career calendar is it has hit November for a certain kind of correct, player, correct. Right? Yeah. And it's not for every player, but he's look. We we do this, I, and when I say this, by no means is this disrespectful to Trey Mancini because it's the truth. And you and I have talked about this. He's a good baseball player. He's nothing more than that. We've made him out to be more than that, sort of, kind of, because he deserves to be made out to be more than that because of the of what he's done here. And some people would say to me, well, that's the same thing you've done with Adam Jones, that Adam Jones was a good player that you, meaning me, that you tried to tell us was a great player because you really liked him and because he was great for the city and because he tapped his shoulder when he crossed home plate and blah, blah, blah. And some of that is accurate. And, and so, you know, Mancini is... It's weird, but at 30 years old, good players are expendable. At 30 years old, great players aren't. Does that make sense? Yep. I understand. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what he is, and that doesn't make him, doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't make him anything. Huh? He's just a good baseball player. And as we've seen this last three weeks, he's capable of going over 25. Of course. Of course. I you understand. Know, so I'm going to be disappointed when he goes because I do think – He's been a model person uh, for the franchise. I think he's been awesome. I think, you know, in a, in a much shorter time span, he is this this little era's version of Marcakis or Adam Jones in the way people revere him in town. Yes, not necessarily yes. in the way right. he plays, because right. I think both of those guys yes, were better were. baseball they definitely players. Were. There's no debate about that. They definitely but, were better baseball but players. But he's, he's entered into that category of, you know, sort of revered ambassador because that's what he's become. All right. What's, uh, what's going and, on? And, and he, he represents this in some ways he represents the rebirth of the team because he's been here for all of it. That's true. You that know, he, true. he yes. came in at the and, very, and has, very end and has been, and has been, and despite all of that has done everything, despite how miserable the circumstances were, was an exceptional, exceptional human being. All right, give me. Give never, me a, never came in and asked for a trade. No, never. No. The opposite. Moaned, just showed up every day and worked. All right, I gotta, I gotta get to uh, betting. Uh, give me. I, I know you don't oh, know anything. I That's not, it. Yeah, it's not your thing. <laughs> I know it's not really uh, for I'll you. Say yes. Sure, I understand that. Uh, uh, you want to get a plug in uh, with something? Drew's Morning Dish or, or Fairways and Greens. Uh, Drew's Morning Dish. Uh, we'll be doing a little bit of baseball and football stuff tomorrow, yeah. and we will. Um, 
talked to David Kocher from the Corn Ferry Tour, yeah. went to University of Maryland. Maryland zone, yeah. And we got a lot going on Sunday, 12 to 1 at 105.7. Very good. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. All right, we'll see you soon. Drew Forrester, com. Let's quickly get a tidbit and TV to wrap up this portion of the program. Brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan and Ross caught up last night, talked some Hall of Fame, talked about the Orioles situation. If you missed it, find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. PressBoxOnline.com slash video. And coming up on Thursday, Stan and Gary Stein will catch up with Mike Loxley. You can find that, again, same locations. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Pressboxonline.com slash video. Uh, we got to do this quick. Okay, quick, I'll try quick, to be quick. really quick. All right, so we watched the Oriole game last night. You know, uh, we all knew we were in for a tremendous pitching duel between Corey Kluber and Austin It's Voth. the moment we had waited for. Yeah, so Voth struck out two batters, two of the 16 batters he faced in three innings, and then uh, Kluber only got two strikeouts as well. He faced 24 batters. And it, so it made me think about, you know, I can't really remember a time the Orioles have ever really had a guy, at least especially in my lifetime, where we've had a guy that just mows down batters. Mm. Like getting yeah. like a big strikeout guy, like yeah. you know, like a Verlander, Garrett Cole. Somebody you know is going to get eight strikeouts a night anytime he's out there. Um, so my question—it was kind of a two-parter, but uh, maybe I'll do the just just a quick part. Do you know who the Orioles pitcher has the, who has the most strikeouts this season? Is uh, Tyler Wells would be my guess. No, he's he is second. Yeah, is it somehow like Felix Batista? No, it's not. It's not. It, it, the the top yeah, the top two yeah. would be two two you expect. Jordan Lyles has ninety three this season. In his 112. Okay. okay. And then, uh, the, sheer Wells, of, yeah. the sheer number of innings makes a lot yeah. of sense. And then Wells has uh, 63. And then Jorge Lopez is third. Okay. He has 52 yeah. strikeouts. Yeah. Um, so let me think about, you know, Orioles pitchers who have done a lot of the striking out. Uh, so I want to know if you can name the top seven Orioles pitchers with the most strikeouts in a season. Top seven with oh, the most strikeouts yes. in a season. All right. Messina. Just to get him out of the way. Messina. He uh, struck out 203 times in uh, an Orioles uniform. Palmer. Palmer. He had his most he struck out in a season was 199. He never hit that 200. Bench <laughs> what mark. a bum! Yeah. Get him out of uh, here. He did. He what did a loser. Out, he, he struck out 193 plus three times though. Is Quayar in there? Quayar is up there. Actually, yes, yes, yes. He is 190 in 1970. Um, he would be number seven in terms of names. I I feel list. I feel like I I am. I feel like there's there's one of those guys from the rough eras that's on the list, but I'll go McNally first. Yes, McNally. He is one of three Orioles pitchers to strike out 200 batters. Struck out 202 in 1968. Milt Pappas? No. Mm. Who was Milt Pappas? Oh, no. Don't do that. Oh, no. We don't have time for this okay. right now. I'll <laughs> deal this another time. Um. Oh God! Just stop! Stop! You're hurting yourself. Stop! <laughs> stop! I'm. Ki- I'm not kidding. Stop. He's not on my list. Thank you. Just say that. That's all you need to say. Nothing else good is coming from this. Um. Flanagan. Yes, Flanagan is good one. Number seven is um, he's Boddicker? Also had 190 in 1979. Boddicker? No, Boddicker not up there. Bedard. There you go, Bedard. Yeah. He has the Orioles record for most strikeouts in that. a wow. season. 221. Learn wow. something new every day. In 2007. Wow. Held I by Musina. No Musina had 218 in 1997. Um, and how many more do we need to get? 
So you have you named all the two hundred guys. We're missing yeah, we're missing one. One. Alright, we just we're just tell yeah. me. Nineteen sixty eight he struck out hundred ninety three, Tom Phoebus. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. it would have taken a while. So yeah, I, I thinking, wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten I was thinking that would have I was for some reason I thought like Daniel Cabrera had a monster strikeout season. That was what I was gonna And then recently Kevin Galsman and Chris Tillman, they both struck out hundred seventy nine Galsman in twenty seventeen, Tillman in twenty thirteen. All right, very good. Uh, the only thing tubular-wise you need to worry about tonight, uh, Orioles race 7 o'clock on Masson's. Shane McClanahan, Spencer Watkins, the pitching matchup. Everything else, you can go to glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. And Practical Joker, Shark Week Spectacular. Great. Yeah, Shark Week. On uh, on Discovery at 8, your Practical Joker's doing Shark Week. Joker. <laughs> so. Enjoy it. Enjoy. That'll not be for your boy. Carson, you're on social media. At Carson Ware, everywhere. That's with an I. At Carson That's Ware. That's right. W-A-I-R-E. Um, at, uh, thanks today to Drew. Thanks to um, oh, who we have on the Daniel show. Wilcox. Thank you, Dan Wilcox. And thanks also to Damon and Laura. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. We got stuff tomorrow. We don't have time. Whatever. Um, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, All American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore best. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and Tiki Talk. Yep. Oh, he already turned off your mic. Sorry. It's what it is. At Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. We'll be right back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome into Simply the Bets. Glenn Clark, Griffin, Carson Weekly hanging out. Simply the Bets is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. We will head there in just a bit. As our buddy Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, will join us later on in the program. Obviously, big week, big fight week. UFC 277 coming up on Saturday night. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunez in the main event. It was a shocker the last time around. And now Amanda Nunez, a big favorite. Oh, hello. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Amanda Nunez, a big favorite to get her revenge. You can watch and bet on all the fights Saturday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Reserve your spot right now. There are huge crowds every time there's a fight. There are huge crowds in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So... What you need to do is email events at sportssocialmd.com and reserve your spot for Saturday night and UFC 277 right now. Griffin just realized he forgot to send me an update on how Aaron's bets have gone. I get it. It's been a few weeks, so I don't remember either. We'll just pretend like Aaron Oster nailed all of his bets the last time as our buddy Aaron Oster from VEASAN joins us right now here on Simply the Bets. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. And, uh, yeah, you know what, I, I'm 
going to say I, I definitely hit him. Oh, dude, you, were, you killed it. Five for five. Five yeah. for five last 100%. time. 100%. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but as we get uh, closer to football season, obviously, I'm sure we will have more and more football thoughts as part of this. Mm-hmm. Let's dive in. Five L's of sports betting for the week. We will, Aaron, not I. I, I don't, I don't pre- profess myself to be an expert whatsoever. In fact, my results would tell you don't bet with me at all. Do anything but bet with me. Fade me. Um, but we will go over a local, a long-term, a long shot, a lovable, and a loser bet for the week. Let's begin locally. What you got, Aaron? Um, well, you know, if you guys have been listening to this for a while now, you know I love, when it comes to baseball, I love my strikeout props. It's one of my favorite bets to make baseball. And it just so happens that one of my favorite guys to bet is facing the Orioles today, Shane McClanahan on the mound. Uh, and his line is set at seven and a half strikeouts at minus 148. He's at, a, at at least eight strikeouts. Four of his last five outings, six of his last eight. He's been a machine. There's a reason he's the AL Cy Young favorite, which, by the way, I gave out earlier this mm, season on this at, show. Look at you. And what's more is it seems like there's sharp money on this. I'm actually a little bit bummed because I was starting to uh, prepare for this last night. I was looking at all the lines, and I noticed this, and it was at plus 112. Now it's at minus 148. Huge move and a move that big generally means there's a lot of sharp money on it. Mm. So I like to be on the sharp side. And uh, so give me the over seven and a half strikeouts for Shane McClanahan before it moves even more. Well, some of us actually uh, realize that the uh, the 2024 World Series champion Baltimore Orioles are actually a lot better than that. So you're an a hole. I will not make that bet. Go screw. Uh, the hey, Orioles are going to hey, plaster. I didn't, say, I didn't say they'd win. I didn't say they'd win, just a big strikeout. I'm going to say that Shane, McClan is st- McClan. Shane McClanahan is still unsettled from his shaky performance in the All-Star game and comes out <laughs> and gets rocked tonight. Tony Gonsolin was rocked after his... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah so oh, how about he, that? He, got out, he took there the loss go. last night. Uh, yeah, how about that? Oh, that was his first actual loss yeah. of the season. 11-1 I mean, now. I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even catch that. All right, uh, let's move forward. Uh, Aaron, a, a bad guy because he thinks the Orioles are going to strike out a ton tonight. Give me something long-term. Give me a futures bet you got your eye on. There's a few. I've been, you know, obviously we're getting to the end of July. I'm not the biggest baseball better. I like betting baseball. But obviously at this point you start turning towards football. So I'm starting to look at win totals more, division prices, everything. And there's one win total that I've kind of been looking at for a while that I've finally ready to give out as I look closer at their schedule. And that's the over on the Detroit Lions win. What? It's set, yeah, right? What? Set at, what? <laughs> set at six Wait, and a half. Wait, it's over wins. six and a half? Six Holy and a half, crap. And just a little bit, just a little bit to the over as well. Uh, FanDuel, it's minus 115. Aaron, if you just want to donate your money to somebody, I promise. <laughs> You can donate it to me, and I'll put it towards a trip out to visit you in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> the Glenn Clark book will gladly accept this bet. No Let doubt. me explain this a little bit more, though. Um, you know, their roster has been getting better, obviously. Um, uh, is that, is it obvious, Aaron? Is it obvious yeah, it is, that their roster is getting better? Made, well, it can't get any worse than it was last year. I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I, I think their offense is actually put together. They've worked on that offensive line. I think the weapons around Jared Goff have gotten better. Jamison Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. That is actually a pretty good skill position. Set, it's not uh, awful. The, it's not awful, it, but I'm not going to go a lot farther than that. Okay. They had, ca- the they had Calvin Johnson and they stunk. 
My God. Well, <laughs> hey, it's Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell's time now. But y'all y'all love about- Dan. Y'all love Dan Campbell. Like he is not the guy that punts on fourth and two from the opponent's thirty-eight yard line. <laughs> There, there is nothing that makes less sense than how much the internet loves Dan Campbell when everything he does is absolutely antithetical to how you should be trying to win in the NFL. He is a, a horrible coach. We just because he gives sound bites that are semi comical or old school or sounds like he's got that dog in him. We're all like, I love that Dan Campbell fella. He stinks. <laughs> Sorry. You might re- be right, but you know what? My bet on this has almost nothing to do with talent, with roster, with coaching, with anything. It has to do with the schedule. Um, here are some of the games that are included on the Detroit Lions schedule. Washington at home, Seattle at home, Miami at home, Bears home and away, Giants away, Jaguars at home, Jets away, Carolina away. That's nine winnable games on this schedule. And here's the other thing that's really interesting about the Lions schedule. Because they stink so badly... They are playing at 1 o'clock Sunday every single day, every single week, with the exception of Thanksgiving. That means at no point in the season do they have a rest disadvantage. And in a lot of those games, they have a rest advantage. Teams coming off Monday night games. Teams coming off weird, you know, just weird things. Maybe a Sunday night game to a, a Sunday day game. At no point do they have that disadvantage. And in a lot of games, they have the advantage. Warren Sharp does an analysis. And the Lions actually, when it comes down to figuring out who gets schedule advantage based on rest has one of the best schedules in the entire league. The bills actually are number one, which is another reason a lot of people like the bills. So all that being said, week schedule, I think they are a little bit better. I think that offense is interesting. Give me the over six and a half wins on the lions. Brother, um, look, it's your segment, and you're putting your name on it and the whole thing. I just <laughs> I, I have lost money in a lot of ways. I'm going to make one thing very clear. I know one way I ain't going to be losing money. <laughs> it's betting on the Detroit Lions winning football games. That will not be happening. Aaron Oster is with us here on Simply the Bets uh, from VEASAN out in Vegas. He's given us his five L's for the week. All right, uh, give me an underdog. Give me a long shot that you're feeling. All right, this is a true long shot bet, and I understand why it's the odds, and I understand why anyone would scoff at me when I say this. But uh, Hang on. I'm Can it be worse than the Detroit Lions over six and a half wins? I mean, it's a long shot. It's a far longer shot than minus 115. I understand. But um, So I'm looking at the most receiving yards prop, and I noticed Michael Thomas is 35-1 to to lead the league in receiving. And I understand. I understand all all the negatives right away. Wow. Yeah, I understand all the negatives right away. All right. Who knows when he plays? That's the big one, and and that's the reason he's 35-1. to But when you're looking for a long shot, you're basically looking for well, what needs to happen for this to happen? And quite frankly, the answer is quite simple. If Michael Thomas does come back, is okay for week one, is healthy, he would not be 35-1. to one. Talking about, you know, 2019, Jameis Winston led the league in passing. 2019, Michael Thomas led the league in receiving. Jameis Winston to Michael Thomas in 2022. If I tell you that Michael Thomas is healthy, he would be 18-1, to 15-1 to one to lead the league in receiving. So if, I, if I'm giving you the given of he's healthy, 35 to 1 is actually pretty good value on Michael Thomas. Now, if you don't believe he's healthy at all, it's every good reason to pass. But when I'm looking for a long shot, I'm looking for something that is reasonable when things go right. This is reasonable if things go right. 
Uh, what do you do when it's Andy Dalton that's playing quarterback for the Saints instead by week three? Because Jameis Winston's thrown 27 interceptions in the first two games. Hey, he threw 30 interceptions in 2019, and he led the league in passing. I, mean, I will take 30 interceptions yeah. for him as long as he leads well, yeah, the league but, in but, passing. But, but he would have to about. keep playing in those circumstances. The Saints don't have to and commit. I, I think, There's no reason why the Saints need to be committed to Jameis Winston. The Saints can be exactly as committed to Jameis Winston look, as as he performed the week before. There is abs- Unlike the team that drafted him that had reason to be committed to him, the Saints could move on next week and be fine. Like I don't really know they why they're— could. They could, but oh, no, no, no. But the Saints know who Jameis Winston is. Winston is, then they're they're good behind him. They know that Jameis Winston is going to throw a lot of interceptions. They also know he's going to throw the ball a ton. So if they were going to give him a short leash, he would never have the job here because they know exactly who Jameis Winston is. So I actually do think that Jameis Winston yeah. has a longer leash than you're making out to be. I think that defense is too good for that to be true. I, I, I think you're being far, far I, – I think the circumstances are – Jameis Winston loses two games because he's throwing the ball to the other team. They have a defense that's championship caliber. They've just got to see if they can find somebody who stops screwing it up at that point. I'm not saying that Jameis Winston – I can't see the future, obviously. Um, I don't know this, but I don't believe it. I just think their defense is far too good for them to just continue saying, well, we got to ride or die with this guy that we have literally no investment in whatsoever. Um you know, I, but as you said, they have no investment. If they thought that their defense was a championship and they just needed a game manager, they would have gone out and gotten a game manager. They wouldn't have Jameis Winston as their quarterback right now. There was no commitment. To, as you said, there's no commitment at all to Jameis Winston. For whatever reason, they want wanted Jameis Winston to be their quarterback. And well, I they think did. Part of it is they definitely did not want him to be their quarterback. They wanted Deshaun Watson to be their quarterback. Well, like, they wanted everybody. They very they clearly did gotten... not want Jameis Winston to be their quarterback. They couldn't get any of the guys they wanted. Like that's... They, they, could, they, they could have traded. Oh, I guess they couldn't have traded for Jimmy G because they have no salary cap. But there yeah. are guys out there they could have had. Could have had Teddy Bridgewater. Like they, they could have had game managers if they wanted game managers. And they I, want Jameis Winston. And and I think if after two weeks he's not proving they'd be able to get the job done, they'll say maybe Andy Dalton can be a game manager. Look, I look, I, I'm not I'm not trying to disparage Jameis Winston terribly because who knows? Maybe he can be serviceable enough to keep the job for the year. Um but I the defense, man, that they the Saints can be and the division is not great outside of Tom Brady's existence. Right. Um there is the opportunity to win games, and if they're losing games specifically because Jameis Winston is throwing the ball to the other team, at some point they say to themselves, huh, maybe we play somebody who doesn't throw the ball to the other team quite as much. We'll see. We will see. I, I we'll like see what happens. I like your theory about Michael Thomas in general. I just, you know, I, again. I, sure, if, An- if Andy Dalton is quarterback, you're right. Then this goes up in smoke. It's as good as, even if Michael Thomas is perfectly healthy and returns to 2019 yeah. form. Andy Dalton's not giving somebody yeah. uh, yards. I just believe that Jameis yeah. Winston has the job. All right, let's go um, with one that you say. Whatever you do, uh, do not make this bet. This bet is a loser. Uh, yeah, so obviously I'm looking at uh, not just NFL futures, but college futures as well. Uh, looking at conference odds in this one, and this one jumped out at me. Uh, right now, Clemson is minus 150 to win the ACC. Obviously coming off a disappointing year last year. And while I do think they could bounce back, particularly because their defense is actually going to be really, really good, they might have the best defense in the country. I do still have questions about uh, DJ Weagalele. I haven't had to say that in like nine months. So yeah, yeah. need to practice that some more. But um, I simply think the minus 150 juice is too heavy for that offense with so many questions. And, and it's reflected around the market. The 150 price is by far the most bullish on Clemson and says low as even money around the industry. And 
if you wanted to say, all right, Clemson's defense is good enough to win it, I, I fully believe in Clemson. I don't have that much of a problem at even money. At minus 150, I think the juice is just too much to lay, especially with teams that are, have so much hype around it, like NC State or Pittsburgh or even Miami. I think that the ACC is a lot more wide open than most people think. Um, and minus 150 is just too much to lay. So that is my bet. I would not make it any sort of circumstance. With my uh, man, I, I hear you. I hear you. I I don't love Clemson, but I just the ACC stinks. <laughs> like the ACC is terrible. So I don't know. I, I I do. I I I probably think that's about right. All right. And then lastly, uh, give me the bet that you love. The one you say whatever you do, you know, go find go find any sort of contraption that can get you to Hanover, that can get you to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel because you got to make this bet. It's, um, so this one, unlike most where I say run out right now, you may want to wait an hour or so to go out and make this one because it's not actually up at FanDuel yet. I'm looking at something for USC 277. Mm. It's not up yet, but line, but the some of the lines are starting to go up today. I've noticed it over the past hour, a couple, couple things. So I expect it will be up by this afternoon. It's the total number of rounds in the Pavlovich-Lewis fight. Um, both of these guys, Derek Lewis and uh, <clears throat> Sergey Pavlovich, both knockout artists, both guys who just throw bomb after bomb after bomb. Pavlovich has had his last five fights end in the first round. Lewis has had fights go into the second, but in four of his last five fights, they've ended by the 140 mark in the second. The uh, line industry-wide right now is one and a half, so that means it would have to end by the 230 mark in the second. I fully believe this to end in the first one and a half rounds. It's around minus 140 in most places. So when that pops up on FanDuel, which I do believe will be sometime later today, go out, play it. I expect this fight to be a lot of fun, a lot of just big bombs being thrown, and someone to go down in the first round or early second. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that at all. I'm not going to argue remotely with it. Although I did not know. I didn't know that was how that worked, that um, you had the first two and a half minutes of the second round. I thought it was just one and a half reflected that it had to end in the first round, basically. I thought that's what that number reflected. So, um, Yeah, mixed martial arts is a little different than some other sports, or USC specifically, where it is. You do have until the uh, two and a half minute mark of I, whatever round. I was unaware. I was unaware that you love to act so kind. Uh, I just learned something. I learned something. There you go. Very good. That's what this segment is for. All right, sir. Uh, at the AOster on Twitter is how people follow you. What's coming up with VEASAN? Uh, check out Beeson. Obviously, we have our college football guides coming out soon. We'll have an NFL guide in the next few weeks. So check all of that out on Beeson.com. All right. Very good. Aaron Oster, appreciate you, pal. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Talk to you next Tuesday. Hope all your bets hit. That's Aaron Oster from Beeson out in Vegas. We continue. We're going to head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Their GM, Leon Twyman, will join us next. Next? I can't say next the hell is going on this is simply the bets sports fans the wait is over the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover Maryland this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover please play responsibly gambling problem please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org. Hey O's fans, get to Oriole Park early on Friday, August 5th at 7.05 when the first 20,000 fans 15 and over will receive a Cedric Mullins 3030 Club bobblehead presented by Masson. 
Celebrate Cedric Mullins' historic 2021 season when he became the first player in Orioles history to join the 30-30 club with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Tickets start as low as $15. What better way to cheer on the Silver Slugger than at the ballpark that forever changed baseball? Buy tickets at Orioles.com slash tickets. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Let's head down to Hanover, where the man who is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook is standing by. He is our buddy, Leon Twyman. Leon, what's going on, pal? How are you? Oh, let's see if we can't. We'll try one more time there with Leon. I don't, we, might, we might need to uh, call him one more time. It might need to just go that way. Sorry about that. Still getting the uh, system perfected. Still trying to perfect our um, our new studio here. We'll we will attempt uh, one more time to try to reconnect with Leon Twyman, see if he can't hear us as uh, we tr- figure out how we're going to make some money this week. We'll try one more time. Leon, you there? We got you. Yeah, I'm still here, my man. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Everything good? 
Yeah, everything's good. How about yourself? Enjoy the vacation? Yeah, yeah. For, for a minute I did, and then I had to babysit a seven-year-old <laughs> on a cruise. It was very, um, it was a bit of a stressful trip. So uh, the last couple of weeks, give me an idea. What, what, what's the money been coming in on? How have things been looking? Have have the Orioles and winning 10 straight games? I know you said you guys were already getting more money on the Orioles. Has it led to like absurd amounts of money that you started to see come in on the birds? Oh, man, we are like getting hammered right now with Orioles. But it, it's unreal, especially with the one guest that we have who still has like over $40,000 on them. You know, it's it's pretty scary. I can tell you that. That's, I mean, I, I that is very stressful. That is extraordinary. <laughs> like almost the point where you can't enjoy the team because you're so yeah, stressed sure. out about it. Um, what else? What where where else has money gone during the course of the summer? This, we're getting ready. We're ramping up. Obviously, football's just a couple of weeks away. What what is the most action that you guys have seen over the course of the last few weeks? Um, mainly just baseball and UFC. Um, we took a beating pretty well uh beginning of uh the the all-star break like right before it happened uh we took a pretty bad beating um and after that we uh we rebounded what, what did you guys Came take back the, with some wins what'd you take the beating on uh mainly all the favorites winning really uh, we just had a massive amount of parlays just on all the favorites to win i believe that was the day like 14 of the 16 covered or, or something crazy of that about um, we just got we got hammered not a good day in the sports book. All right, you mentioned you mentioned <laughs> UFC. Obviously, the attention this week turns to UFC 277 and the Pena Nunez fight on Saturday night. And as always, the place to be to watch the fights and bet on them is in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um, are you starting to see any particular action come in on this fight? Yes, uh, we're actually getting a lot on Amanda Nunez right now. Yeah, and we're actually getting a lot on Derek Lewis. So we were just talking about Derek Lewis. We need you to get the uh, the round props up for Derek Lewis because we think that fight is going to end really quickly. Um, we need that option to go sub one and a half rounds for the fight between the the Black Beast Derek Lewis and Sergey Pavlovich. We need that. Um, I don't know who you need to talk to, but I need that. I need that prop up immediately so I can give you my money. Yeah, please. we definitely need that up. Um, you know, I'm waiting to bet that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned Nunes, of course, who is trying to avenge. That number has been moving uh, rapidly. Apparently, you are not lying about how much action, yeah. because I saw that number start around like 240, and it's already up to minus 310. Um, it is yeah. hilarious to me that Juliana Pena won the last fight, and yet is a significant dog in this fight. There is there is some small part of me, like I know better because I too believe that Nunes is going to win the fight. But like, there's some small part of me that's like, are we? We're going really far to disrespect Juliana Pena here. Um, <laughs> like, there's a, we are kind of being quite disrespectful to the champion in this process. There's a small part of me that's like, maybe it's worth tossing a couple of bucks that way, just because the number is so kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it might not be a bad idea, honestly. I mean, we've seen it in the past, you know, see some underdogs like that, and you're like, there's no way, and then obviously they come back and win. So definitely with this one, too, huge possibility. Uh, run me through some of the options that we have for betting the fights on Saturday nights. So you have, the uh, obviously, the method of victory. So you can do by knockout TKO, by point submission. Um, you can also do if it's a draw, which obviously the draw is like a huge um, attractor to people because it's usually around 50 to 1, just like this fight is right now. Um, so, yeah, you know what? Throw a couple bucks on it. You never know what might happen. Um, 
And then you also got will the fight go to distance. Um, you got method and then round combo. So you can do like whatever method of win you would like to see happen and pick which round that it would occur into. And that's actually it's a lot of money in, in that no option doubt. there. So the I think the smallest one right now we have is what, four and a half to one at yep. Nunes KO, TKO first round. Everything else is a lot higher than that. Uh, yeah, like if you get to like round three, if you think that Nunes wins by a, a KO, TKO in round three, that's 13 to one. I mean, there's a real opportunity yeah. for some serious payouts there if you can combine those two. That's um, Yeah, and that's that's what I'm going to bet when it comes to uh, Derek Lewis. I'm going to the method and round combo. You're, there, you're, you're, saying, you're saying Lewis in round one by knockout. Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm loving right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we're going to be in agreement on that one, pal. I think we are going to be in agreement <laughs> on that. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, is with us. Of course, 61 self-service kiosks for you to get all of your bets in, not just for UFC 277, but also for, um, you know, and I think it's important because the, the kiosks are open 24-7. So if you want to bet, Whatever it is, you want to bet a soccer match that's happening in the morning, you want to bet a golf tournament that's happening somewhere else in the world, you can always get your bets in in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. So, Leon, I I have been thinking about something. Um, Would it be an option for someone to say maybe host their fantasy football draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel? Would that be something that you guys would be willing to maybe help facilitate? Yeah, um, and actually, you know, that is actually something right now that the general manager of Sports and Social is looking to do currently. So that mm. definitely is something we could do. I was, uh, I've been talking about this a little bit with uh, my pal Griffin here. I was looking at that uh, week one slate of college football games. That includes like Notre Dame, Ohio State, and uh, Florida, That'd be Utah. A perfect and, time for it. Yeah, like Georgia, Oregon, some really big games that day. And uh, that's a week before NFL season begins. And so it seems like that's when you should be drafting your fantasy football team. I cannot imagine a better scenario than hanging out and holding my fantasy football draft while watching all of the week one college football action on that giant 100-foot media wall and betting all of those games at the same time. That literally sounds like perfection to me. That that's heaven right there. That, literally, that's, yes. that's exactly what it is. And you're saying that is something that we could do if we say emailed events at sportssocialmd.com. We might have the option to do such a thing. Yes, sir. Can definitely mm. try to do that. I would do it right now. Right now, <laughs> I would send that email to reserve you and your league spot because I'm just going to guess that Labor Day weekend and that first weekend of college football, it's going to be a busy weekend for you all in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Oh, it's, it's going to be insane. And then we're also about to roll out a new product soon. So, oh. you know, definitely want to bring in wait, some people for wait, that. Wait, gonna... wait, wait what, what is that all about? Tell me, tell me about that. Oh, uh, so we're going to have some bet pads to where you can place your wagers while you're sitting down at the. Shut uh, up. In the, in the lounge seats, at the tables and sports and social. Shut up. All you have to do is purchase a QR code, upload it to the to the tablet, and you can place your wagers while you're sitting there. Oh, my. So you don't even have to go stand in line? You, even when nope, it's – even when Because, look, we've all been there for nights where it's been quite busy, and then you could be a little bit yeah. – there could be a little bit like you 10 people in line. I remember on draft night a couple times, I was like, eh, there's a little bit of a line here. You're telling me – that I could be there watching and betting on all of those college football games, and I don't have to leave my seat? 
Nope. All you have to do is purchase that QR code, check out the tablet, take it to where you're setting that, and you're good to go. As long as you're setting inside the sports book, it works. And when uh, when is this going to be available to me, uh, Leon? And also, uh, again, how much would it cost to rent a room there uh, at the FanDuel Sportsbook? Because I might not be leaving. When is this going to be available? <laughs> so we are hoping to roll this out before football season starts. Um, we are doing some more testing this week and next week, and hopefully we're going to be rolling out with that very soon. Oh, so like FanDuel is on property tomorrow and the rest of this week um i have all the tablets here so i've been kind of playing around with them myself seeing how they operate it's a lot of fun that is so cool man <laughs> that is so cool i love how you're gonna be the first first fan duel book to have them i love how you guys are like oh yeah you guys uh, mobile betting's not available huh well we're gonna make it available we're gonna yes, make exactly. it <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go i love everything about that um all right what else is on your radar this week uh leon what else is it that you're thinking about maybe was there a big win that somebody had that you want to tell us about just give me what else is going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook? sports book yeah this this past week with a uh, fight night with the patty fight uh we yeah. had someone hammering it uh dropped thirty thousand on him to win would have been nice to get that submission but he just did straight win so you know Payout was decent, but could have been a lot better. <laughs> God, I, I would, I would, I would just want to interview the person that put down thirty thousand dollars on a straight. I get it, like it, on a straight win, there's it's not quite as not nearly as much risk involved in something like that. But it's still thirty thousand dollars that we're talking about. Yeah, thirty thousand. Jesus, <laughs> he was happy. You know, he came up, cashed out, and he's just like, it's another day for me. That's all he said. <laughs> By the way, the number of people that I talk to that so comfortably, and this is one of the experiences that I've had with all the events that we've hosted in the FanDuel Sportsbook, I will have people casually come up to me and show me tickets where they lost like $15,000. I'll be like, oh my God. I'll, I'll think they're suicidal. The you most know? relaxed like, people ever. Correct. And they're like, <laughs> well, yeah, I won forty grand the other day. I'm like, okay. You're living a different you're living a different life than I'm living, bro. <laughs> like you are living if I'm telling you I lost hundred fifty dollars, I'll be like, Well, that was a tough night for me. That was a real tough night for me. You're out here just casually like, Yeah, I'm down fifteen grand for the day and you're like, Nah, whatever. You got a you got a t shirt for me? I'm like, I do. Here, have four. Like <laughs> you just lost fifteen grand. What the hell? Oh, it's a different world when you deal with people that do this on a day to day basis. All it right. really is. It really is. Uh, we are really excited about those uh, those tablets, man. We are really excited about that. We will continue to be in touch. Leon Twyman, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Think about that. Think about that, Carson Weekly. You it's and your league. Perfect. You and your league just hanging out. Watching Florida, Utah. Watching Utah beat Florida. That's my prediction. Do you hate Florida because you're in the SEC? Is that uh, right? no? Okay, see, like, I don't have any problem with Florida. Okay, because they're pretty, not. They're pretty in the, irrelevant. Well, they're, they're in the East. Yeah, they've been pretty irrelevant for the last yeah, couple of years. They're in the East, so okay. It's just like I, we just don't see them as often. So, so why are you so confident that Utah is going to beat them? I just like Utah football. I think they're really underrated. That's very random. That is super random. I think they've had some good teams well, in the past. Have, like, yes, I think I in, the, in the past five to seven years, they've had some good teams that have gone. Right. A little bit under the radar because of where they are and, and you know the, the opponents they play. But this is a time for them to get a real shot at a... I mean, this is a real team. This is Florida, and I think they can all do right. it. All right. So you can be hanging out, watching and betting on all of those games. Week one of college football. And drafting season. your fantasy football and team. And doing your own fantasy draft. And you don't even have to leave your chair. They are going to let you bet from your chair. 
God, that's perfect. Email right now, events at sportssocialmd.com. Uh, and just, you know, find out. Find out what's available. Find out, you know, whatever it is that you need to know. Hey, how many, I got, we got 14 people in our league. Do you have room for all of us? You know, just, you can ask those questions about reserving your spot in the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right. Uh, we got a tidbit of the week. Griffin prepares a tidbit yes, we do. every week. Let's see. I got to uh-huh. pull it up here. My apologies. In the meantime, um, also reminded that same email address, events at sportssocialnd.com. That's the same place that you would email. In order to reserve your spot for Saturday night, in order to reserve your spot for the UFC fight, UFC 277, reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialnd.com. To be clear, even if you don't reserve a spot, you'll always be able to, there'll be room for you to stand, there'll be room for you to, you know, get to the, the kiosk, make your bets. But if you want to make a night of it, Get food, get drinks, bring some friends out, have that be your hangout spot. Email events at sportssocialnd.com. Reserve a table. Or be the guy that shows up on Saturday night like, oh, man, I can't find a table. Yeah, I told you. There's going to be a massive crowd. There's always a massive crowd for every UFC fight. That's the way that it works. So email events at sportssocialnd.com right now and reserve your spot immediately. Okay. All right. So there are a few... Significantly less, uh, you know, betting stories out there now that uh, you know NBA, NHL. Now that the playoffs are done for those, and it's just baseball, but still, you know, some good stuff. Let's see. Uh, we, we, I saw somebody put a thousand dollars on Will Anderson to win the Heisman. Will Anderson is the Alabama linebacker who was the SEC he's defensive a, I mean, player I mean, of the I mean, year. He's, he's maybe the best player in college yeah. football. He might be. Currently um, forty to one. And just, no, but no defensive player has won. It's just so since bloody hard. Nineteen ninety seven. Charles Woodson. There's Woodson obviously. was the last one. Yeah. Um, there was a great argument for Indomitong Sue to win the Heisman. Um, there was a obviously quite a strong argument for Manti Teo to mm-hmm. win the Heisman. Of course, probably fortunate that he didn't because that <laughs> would have been but awkward. I believe it was Manziel who won that year instead. Um, yeah. There have was, been strong like, argument for Clowney too. It's just time. so tough. It's just so... And, well, Clowney's teams weren't really good enough. Right. That's the, Like, you have to be on... For a defensive player to win, that's, that's, you know, Will Anderson's chance would be... It's just the problem being that if they're that good, the likelihood is also that, you know, like, Bryce Young's really good. Right. And so if that's the case... Bryce Young will win. Probably. The odds are stacked... Highly against defensive, yeah, and that's the reason why the odds are so steep. Obviously, but I, it's just real. I look, yeah, I I love the idea. I love going for a risk, but nah. there was a someone put together a fifty one fifty to one parlay on the All Star game. Um, they won twelve thousand dollars because they they did inning results. So they had the NL winning the first inning, then a second inning tie, so like zero to zero. Okay, in the second inning frame. The American League winning the fourth inning and then an eighth inning tie. And uh, yeah, those, all those four things happen. Super happened. random. Yes. That, I mean, that's, that, that's... That, that comes off as somebody who's playing a lot of parlays. And like, <laughs> they hit that one, but like, then you're going to find out about the 10 that he didn't hit that night. And then also, speaking of you know large wagers, someone put $54,000 on the home run derby. They put it on Kyle Schwarber to beat Albert Pujols in the first round. So just that matchup. Oh, but, and but Schwarber got screwed. Schwarber got right. screwed and lost. Um, and so it, 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 the bet only would have paid out fifteen thousand because it was minus three sixty. Oh, only, <laughs> only would have paid out. For, I mean, I mean, if you're putting down fifty four k on something, so they uh, they, thought, so that, they, they thought that was free money. Too. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, and it almost was, I guess, or should have been. I don't know, that that was still uh, it, 
there was a, an unclear circumstance there. There was a lot of controversy in NASCAR betting because uh. Uh, both Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, who finished 1-2 in the race at Pocono this weekend, they were both disqualified after the race. And the win was given to Chase Elliott. And like all of the various sites have completely different rules. Some of them say the bet is deemed final when there when somebody goes to the podium. So whatever happens after that, irrelevant. The the bet is now final. Hmm. So they declared that Denny Hamlin was the winner. Another book, I believe, was paying out both Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott as winners. Meanwhile, another book was paying out only Chase Elliott as a winner. These are the types of things I had to learn this the hard way with soccer betting, where like oh, yeah. The, the the place lift that the I, cup that you have to use the terminology because the, I and it wasn't lift it was too advanced I bet somewhere where it was just you're betting Italy to win and I understood because I know soccer that a bet a match that goes to penalty kicks does not count as a win you did not win that match if it goes to penalty kicks and you win you didn't actually win the match that your official result is that you finish in a draw you just get the points you ad, no you, ad, you advance. Because penalty kicks only happen in knockout rounds, oh, so true. you advance. It was the, the final match was a draw, but you advance. However, I bet on Italy in the Euro. I guess this was last summer, the summer before, whatever the last, the men's Euro was. I bet on Italy in the semifinals. They won not in penalty kicks. They won in extra time. An extra time win is a win. In soccer, it is not. You didn't advance. You didn't draw in advance. You won. You just won an extra time a la somebody that won in you know extra inning baseball or something like that. You won the right. game. So I was high-fiving. I was celebrating. I was like, hell yeah. I just hit a big win. And then I went. I was like, where's my money? Where's my money? And apparently in the fine print, it only counts as a win if it happened in 90 minutes. 90 minutes plus wow. injury time. Yep. So you bad just got to know what it is. Someone uh, – someone- bet uh cam smith to win the open ah. so they sat through the whole weekend yes. for cam smith um until they got to sunday their account wasn't refreshing and they realized they bet him to win the u.s open oh that's next year but well they made the bet oh like, they made the June. bet they made the so bet they in lost June. they definitely wow. lost that yes yeah, so they definitely yeah, lost didn't that win one. the u.s open i know and that so they watched they sat through the the british open and I bet they were very disappointed. Yeah, they were, they were definitely uh, It's sort of like betting on Italy to win and thinking that you had won. And then, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't win at all. Somebody else won, and you're disappointed. And then I got one more that was a lucky better with a very improbable backdoor cover. Uh, they they Remember that crazy game before the, All-Star, before the All-Star break between the Brewers and the Giants? Josh Hader blew a, a save, letting up six Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they bet an alternate line, Giants minus two and a half. Okay. So they go into the ninth inning. They're down five right. to two. Josh Hader's on the mound. Right, and he lets Somehow. a couple homers and then loads the bases. Walk off grand slam. Walk off grand slam. They win by three. That's and, amazing. And cover. Yeah, that Josh is. Hader. Josh Hader. Just by the way, has got like a four point something ERA. Yeah, just from that. Sucks. Yeah. Told, the, the Orioles totally won that. Well, trade. I got this down here somewhere. Yeah, Brewers bullpen. I don't even remember what the trade was. What did the? Was that the? Which trade was it? With the Orioles sent Hader. God. I don't it's remember. Driving nuts. Brewers fifteenth, so right in the middle in bullpen ERA with Probably all that, from that all that game. talent. Why is that a note that you had for this? Uh, well, you how told because you, well, you told me last week that you wanted me to my homework besides well, young youth like, was to come up with some possible destinations for Mancini. Oh. So I did Lopez too. Ah, uh, and uh, I wrote well, down. Why didn't you tell me before? Well, the show sucks. That you so did, I just ca- I just kind of thought that you'd remember because no, you told me to do it, brother. I don't remember what I don't remember what I did last night. I don't remember anything. My brain barely functions. 
friends. As we remember from when I forgot about uh, how old are you, how young are you the oh, first that's, time. That's right. Like I always forget everything. <laughs> everything. So I'm glad you did all that work. Well, it only took me a couple. It only took me like 15. Do you have, any, have anything, anything interesting? you have a perfect? Uh, well, I said that. Because uh, unfortunately you can't bet. I said the Astros were a good fit for Mancini. Because uh, Alad, I don't know how to pronounce his first oh, name. Aladim's Diaz is listed as the backup for five positions. Well, I understand. So they're a little was, thin. I was looking specifically for a place where he could play at first base every day. Well, that's what I was also looking at. Yeah, but I found. I mean, yeah, the Mets are probably the, By the top. Way, the top jo- Josh Hader was in the Bud Norris trade. Bud Norris. Oh wow! It was Josh Hader and L.J. Hose the Astros for? Bud Norris. The Orioles totally won that deal. Ha <laughs> ha! He stinks now. <laughs> Big winners on that trade. Ah, you suck. We got over on you, man. Bud Norris was not that. He, great. he was Bud Norris. He was Bud Norris. Yeah, it was about what you would expect it for a team that Bud was not Norris. very good in thirteen. All right, very good. Uh, thanks to Leon Twyman. Thanks to Aaron Oster. We will be back on Thursday for Weekend at Bookies and next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. For uh, Griffin and Carson, I'm Glenn. May the odds be ever in your favor.